Tonight, I'm broadcasting from the Hacienda, so um, I know we had some issues last night. We'll see. We'll see how this goes, people. Um, if, if you're watching us live, then you know that we are broadcasting on Utreon, so we can hold up, shoot us. We can't do this on YouTube. If you're watching this later in the replay or you're listening in audio, um, you want to watch us live, you need to go to Utreon, U-T-R-E-O-N, slash Who Moved My Freedom Podcast, or WMMF Podcast. That's where we come to you guys live, typically Monday to Friday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, I think we're just doing, this week, we're just going to do Monday, which was last night, and we're going to do tonight, which is Tuesday, because um, I'm taking the rest of the week off. I am going to Hamcation in Orlando. So that I think starts. I think I'm go. I think I'm going there somewhere between Wednesday, uh, like Wednesday afternoon and Thursday morning or something like that. Lola and I, we're gonna be at Hamcation Orlando. So if anyone out there is a ham radio operator and you're gonna be in Orlando for that, you could probably find us at that show. We'll be hanging out there. Lola and myself will be attempting to get our technician's license. Oh, cool. Yes. Which you so can- you know Morse code. No, um, they dropped the requirement for people to um, know Morse code. So you don't have to do no. that to um, get your... So then the real hams will make fun of you, is well, what you're saying. I guess. Maybe one day I will learn Morse code. It's just the beginning. This is just the beginning of the adventure. Um, I was invited out there by my by my uh, friend Jason of Ham Radio 2.0. He's going to be out there. For anyone who knows, it's a pretty big uh, ham radio YouTuber. Okay. He's been. Are, are you going to be riding your own rascal? Uh, I wish Lolo refuses to let me ride those around. Um, I would love to do it. <laughs> so, okay, listen. So, you know, other than that, go to HankStrange.com. That's the best place for you guys to go. The new HankStrange.com website has been built by 2A Commerce, and uh, they do sponsor the show here. I'll be putting up. Uh, I'll be putting up things for that here coming up. But they're the ones who built our awesome website. If you guys go check that out. And the other reason why it looks so amazing, you guys can look around there and find all the different ways to support us, platforms we're on. You can you can get this audio from there, all kinds of stuff. The everything is up there. Everything is up there. So just go check that out. That being said, I am gonna kick the show off. Um, here we've got. Let's see. So starting right here, this is our guest of honor. There he goes, the Pitbull, <laughs> the the Floridian. What what is your thing like Nash? Uh, what is it? That Florida director Lewis, Lewis Valdez of GOA. I don't know exactly so, what your title is. I always mess it up. So I'm the Florida State director for GOA. Go. I'm also the director of outreach for Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands for GOA. Awesome. Oh, there cool. you go. What's your? So are you Puerto Rican or Cuban? I thought you, you're Cuban, right? Cuban. My wife's Puerto Rican. Oh, there. You, oh, so there you go. All right. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Can I call you the Cuban pit bull? Yeah. Is that okay? Uh, you know. I, I don't know if Pitbull himself will be pissed about that. But oh. that's on <laughs> Wait, hold on. What is pit Pitbull himself? What is he? Is he Cuban? He's Cuban. Or... Oh, he's a Miami Cuban man. He's like oh. hey, born and raised in Miami. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, you guys will. You well. This whole show, we're going to be talking to Luis Valdez. Also joining us, Flying Rich. We'll be talking to him as well. He is, I don't know what Flying Rich is supposed to be. I have no clue. Uh, <laughs> he's part bird, but, you know, uh, his ability to fly, I don't know, is questionable. Ooh, ooh, how? His ability to fly. 
very very questionable <laughs> no so we'll get into that we got flying rich on that you guys see typically with john crump uh, we're going to get all up in this now. I am going to kick off the start here. Let's go. Let's do this. Welcome back to the Hank Strange Situation, Lifestyles of the Locked and Loaded. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Move My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Franklin Armory. Franklin Armory provides 100% U.S.-made firearms and awesome binary option triggers. Their focus and purpose is to provide freedom tools to all Americans, especially those in not-so-free states. So when you're in the market, please consider Franklin Armory. All right, there you go. Okay, so we are broadcasting. We are live out there. Let's do the jazz hands. Let's keep it traditional. Gotta do the jazz hands. There you go. We're taking it back from the terrorists. I hope you guys have your big girl <laughs> panties on. This is <coughs> it's gonna be fun. It's gonna, it's gonna be fun. This is gonna be the last show for this week, so we're gonna have fun. This is episode 867, and as I said, my guests are Luis Valdez, uh, GOA Florida, uh, the State Director, did I get that? Yep, you got it. State Director of Florida here. Um, definitely a pit bull fighting for uh, Second Amendment gun rights in Florida. And we're going to talk about constitutional carry. We're going to do an update with that with Lewis as well as talk about other things. And we also have my friend Flying Rich here. Just a general troublemaker mm -hmm. joining mm -hmm. us here. Also a Floridian. Mm -hmm. I'm a Floridian. Lots of I was in your hood this weekend. You were in the you were in the hood. I did not see you. I did not see yep. you this weekend. Um, but yeah. So if anyone, whoever's from Florida in the chat, let us know. If you're also in Florida out there, you don't have to be in Florida to help us out to share this and all that kind of stuff. I would ask everyone who's watching live on Utreon, smash that arrow up right under the title. Um, and if you guys have questions and stuff like that for Lewis or or Rich, we'll. We'll get into those here as well. Let me start with uh, let me start with Lewis. Lewis, welcome to the show, my friend. Um, let's jump right into it. What is the state of uh, gun rights in Florida, specific, uh, specifically? Excuse me, constitutional carry. What's going on? Oh, where to start? So this session started on January 11th, and prior to that, Representative Anthony Sabatini out of uh, Central Florida introduced constitutional carry again for its third time in a row. Um, it's assigned back to the same committee as last year, the Criminal Justice and Public Safety Subcommittee. This time, that committee is chaired by Representative Chuck Brannon III, a Republican. The committee is uh, majority Republican. The, the House is majority Republican. The Senate is majority Republican. Mm -hmm. And of course, we've got Governor DeSantis. You know, he's Republican. So you would think that this would fly through without a problem. Mm -hmm. Well, again, it, the bill's stalling. Um, there's no forward movement. Uh, myself, as GOA's Florida State Director, we've been putting pressure on the legislature. We've been putting pressure on the governor for constitutional carry. Uh, other gun right groups have been push, putting pressure on the governor and the legislature for it. And there's even been um, just private organizations uh, putting pressure. And it's just not moving forward. So the big okay. issue is... We have a Republican majority that claims to be anti-gun, and they're not doing anything that's pro-gun. Right. Yes. And and by the way, I was trying to put up on the screen the article that uh, that you have. Now my phone is like 
typing everything that I'm saying. And uh, our friend Rob McNeely was trying to call in there uh, from Tusk. But <laughs> here, I'll do it now. I'll do it now. Rob was trying to call well, nice. me. Uh-huh. I, I got to give Tusk credit. They just donated a big wad of cash to GOA. So thank you guys yeah. for that. Absolutely. And I think Rob was trying to call me because he got in trouble. He got suspended on Twitter for sharing that on Twitter. So he was trying to call me about that. <laughs> but there is an article up in the uh, the Truth About Guns, and the uh, headline is Floridians Want Constitutional Carry, So Why Aren't Lawmakers Listening? It's written by you, Lewis, and I was trying to yeah. scroll that in so everyone can see. Because I guess you've got a video that you guys were at the Capitol, and yeah. you were you confronted... That was um, last Thursday, right? Yeah. Yeah, last Thursday. So um, Chris Ann Hall of... Uh, the Liberty Group, they invited GOA as a guest speaker at their event at the state capitals to specifically talk about constitutional carry. And afterwards, um, I passed around petitions to the crowd for them to sign, for us to hand deliver to Governor DeSantis's office, uh, Senator Burgess's office, and Representative Brandon's office. And we understood that, hey, look, uh, it's committee meetings, things are going on. No one's probably going to be in their office. You know, it's just going to be their legislative aides and their and the front secretary for the governor's office. Mm-hmm. So we hit the governor's office first, turned in the stuff. You know, we took a video of that. We took photos of that. And the uh, the aide there was very polite, very friendly, very nice. We then went to uh, Senator Burgess's office. He's the committee chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, where we would like for him to introduce a proposed committee bill mirroring the House bill, House Bill 103. And that was the message we wanted to. Uh, bring across to him. So we went to uh, Representative uh, Chuck Brandon's office as the last stop because of the way the Capitol set up. Mm-hmm. So we went there, same routine. You know, we, we were talking to his legislative aide, and the way the office is set up, so you have the legislative aide on one end, then you have a hallway, and then you have the, the legislator's offices on the other end. Okay. Literally, he, you know, uh, Brandon's office is right across the hall from um, his legislative aide. The mm-hmm. door was closed. We figured he's got to be somewhere else in the Capitol or he's not even in the Capitol. And literally, as we were finishing dropping off the petitions and we were simply going to do a group photo around his sign by his door, he pops out like a deer in the headlights, like, oh, my God, what the hell? <laughs> <I'm talking to?" laughs> yeah. Mind you, you have people there holding signs literally saying, you know, I want constitutional carry now. Why mm-hmm. don't we have it? So on and so mm-hmm. forth. Mm-hmm. And everyone's just looking at, at Brandon and very politely, very respectfully, uh, we ask him, where is it on the bill? And uh, the video we got, it was, you only got half of it because we weren't expecting him to come out. So, you know, the phones were already put away by this point and whatnot. But we did catch him on video, literally going on camera, pointing to the camera. I want to talk to you as he turns around and just... Runs. Yeah, so I'm playing oh, some of no. this. Some of this is on Facebook, some of what you're talking about. I know you've got two clips up there, so I'll play that. I, yeah, I so think that's what us we're right now. We're, we're turning in all the petitions to uh, the legislative aid, and right behind all the folks to the right of the screen is where his office is. Okay. So literally where the gentleman in the red shirt is standing, that's Brandon's door right okay. there. Okay. So, you know, we're, we're talking to the legislative aide. We're saying, hey, this is what we want. The, the Senate majority leader supports it. The senator supports it. The Senate president supports it. The party chair supports it. Uh, you have all these different organizations supporting it. Why isn't it coming up? 
And right then and there, you know, we were like, okay, hey, you know, we got our message across. People are turning their stuff in. And we were going to get ready to take the photo. So right. if, if you play the next video. Let's go to this one. So this is him right here. And that's where he pops out and he literally <laughs> just hauls butt. And that's you Whoa. going right after him. <laughs> right. Dude. The pit bull going in. I see you followed him all the way out. <laughs> yeah, I followed him and I was, you know. I, I've I've done some years at the Capitol, so I know the uh, mm-hmm. the ins and outs, and I know that look. If you start yelling and screaming, the the uh, sergeant uh, at arms office are going to come in and kick you out. So, you know, very politely, I'm behind him, and I'm just going, you know, Representative Brandon, are you going to bring the bill up? Mm-hmm. When are you going to bring the bill up? As I have one of my business cards, you know, as GOA's rep, I'm literally just here with my card, and I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I'm going to give this to you. Mm-hmm. Give me a call. Yeah. And literally, he just kind of looks at me, takes the card and then runs into another representative's office and closes the door. <laughs> no point did he it's answer like, the I'll question. be safe here, right? Is yeah. He going to, yeah. Yeah. Literally, he did that. And at no point did he answer anyone's question on constitutional carry. Mind but, you, he campaigns on being pro-gun. Mm-hmm. Um, he signed... Uh, uh, he, you know, he he claimed he he signs his his um, campaign slogans and all that as being pro gun. He runs around as being pro gun. And you know what's so, funny? Um, not meaning to cut you off, but when I looked him up, wh- what district is he in? Because I think I know he went to the University of Florida, which is here, obviously I, in Gainesville. And I think he's somewhere remember, around here. If mm-hmm. I remember, it's District Ten, and so he's up around like uh, Clay County and Swanee County and Baker okay. County. Okay. He's up by there. So, yeah. cuz when I looked at him on Facebook, quite a few of the people that I knew, I saw at least somewhere between 6 and 10 people that I know mm-hmm. personally that live in my area, live around here in Florida, were actually friends with him on Facebook. Because yeah. you would think this and, guy is supposed to be pro, he's supposed to be pro gun, including my sheriff who's very pro gun. Well, you know. a little bit of background for him is uh, I believe he used to be a deputy sheriff, that he had a career in law enforcement with one of the sheriff's agencies up in north central Florida. I forget which one. Mm-hmm. And he retired from that, and then he went into politics, which is neither here nor there. Look, I did 15 years as a cop. I'm, I'm extremely pro-gun, so mm-hmm. I don't see that as an issue. Mm-hmm. But I do kind of see it as an issue because he took an oath to swear and uphold and defend the state constitution and the federal constitution. Right. As I did in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And now he's a public official and he's taken that same oath. Right. But more so, he's taken that oath to uphold his own uh, constituency's uh, civil rights. And you have his constituency literally beating down his door saying, I want this to where right. one of his own, one of the counties in his district, the Swanee County, their Republican executive committee released a uh, uh, a resolution supporting the passage of co- of constitutional carry. Mm-hmm. So literally, just just think about that. You have a county level Republican Party organization that's part of the official state party apparatus saying we want constitutional carry, and the guy that represents that very district that literally gets support from that party apparatus. Is po- is not following what they want. So that's literally biting the hand that feeds you. So what is the reason? I see, um, and obviously I'm not all in the conversation that's going on in the chat, but I see that Night Train says Disney and the multi-billion dollar 
hospitality industry. Uh. Is there money? Is there money behind this from certain things, certain entities like Disney out there that don't want uh, constitutional carry to be allowed in Florida, and maybe they're funneling money to the Republicans because Republicans control Florida, right? Oh, Republicans ultimately control Florida. There's 102 yeah. Republican lawmakers in the legislature. Uh, you have the governor. I mean, the only statewide office that is not under Republican control right now is commissioner of agriculture. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, it, which well, is a shame. That's a, that's a crying shame. We, we, we allowed that. The people who didn't go vote allowed. Uh, what is it? Nick, what's her oh, name? Nikki Haley. Yeah. Uh, or free. Nikki free. Yeah. They allowed yeah, a Democrat in there who's been throwing a monkey wrench in the works every single chance she gets. Well, she's she's a prime example. She's a prime example on why we need constitutional carry. Mm-hmm. Because last cool. year during the pandemic, she shut yeah. down the entire processing uh, system for the state uh, CCW permits mm-hmm. because she didn't like it. Mind yeah. you, 99% of it is done online. There was no public oh, yeah. health risk of me going online and you know filling out an application online but, and sending in everything online. She just shut it but down. But any time you can throw a it. stick in the spokes, why wouldn't you? Yeah, well, that, would, that would be her job. That would be her job as a Democrat, as a liberal, right? I mean, if she's in there, but, that would be the marching orders an, from from the Democrat and the liberal side. Why are Republicans? Oh, why are Republicans in Florida that most of them that I've met say that they are not just Republicans? They're conservative. They, uh, you know, they believe in the Constitution. They support the Second Amendment, and then they do things completely contrary to the Second Amendment and the Constitution, including, is his name Rick Perry? Is it Rick Perry that's from, that's the Gainesville, um, is it, I, I think it's Rick Perry, right? That's here in Gainesville, am I saying? I, I forget, was, I, I, Yeah, know. I forgot his name, but, but he, he, I, I, have to, mm-hmm. I have to honestly go off a list because in the end I forget, Yeah, you know. I'm going to look it up I'm, just I'm, so I can be well, sure Jack, here. If but, it wasn't that I've known you for years, I would forget your name. Right. <laughs> I'm just horrible Absolutely. with names, that's problem. Yeah, I think so, it's, it's, but, uh, no, it's not Rick. Rick Perry is the governor of Texas. What is it? Keith Perry. Yeah, yeah, he was the former governor it's of Texas. Keith, now Keith, it's Perry. Perry. Right. Keith Perry is the guy Keith I'm looking Perry. for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keith Perry. Keith Perry is the guy from here. And I'll throw up his thing here um, on the screen so everyone can see this. This guy is here in Florida. He's the Gainesville. He's the Gainesville guy, this dude. And um, I actually know him. I've talked to him, all that kind of stuff. You know, and, and Republican t- tells me he believes in guns and all that. And he could have killed. He could have killed the gun control we have here in Florida in committee, you know. Um, and he did it. He, you know, he he put it out there and he gave it to uh, what is it? Um, what's our last governor's name again? That no. Rick Scott. Rick Scott. You know, Rick Scott signed it. So um, even mm-hmm. even a couple of months ago, I ran into him somewhere in a local business here, and we had a little conversation. <laughs> um, so yeah, these guys are Republicans. They claim to be conservatives. They claim to believe in the Constitution. They say they they believe in the Second Amendment, and yet they're doing things contrary to that in Florida. What's the reason? A lot of it has to do with money. It's it, it's it's an interesting issue in Florida. So the constant back chatter I hear from lawmakers is, oh, if we have open carry, if we have constitutional carry, it's going to absolutely destroy our tourism industry. And I laugh at no. that because. Because last I checked, 21 states have constitutional carry. 47 states have open carry in one form or another. Mm-hmm. And they all come to Florida to vacation. If it was such an issue, they wouldn't have it in their home states. 
Yeah. But well, they all Florida is also a nickname the Gunshine State. There's lots of guns yeah. here. Lots of people have CCWs here. Um, we and we're not killing most, each other in the streets. We have the most CCWs issued per mm -hmm. state. We have mm -hmm. over two and a half million permits, active permits right now mm -hmm. in Florida. And the idea that, oh, my God, if we have constitutional carry, it, it would destroy tourism. Again, it's ludicrous because you have 49 other states and those people come here. And out of those 49, 47 have open carry and 21 have constitutional carry. They still come to Florida. If it was an issue, they wouldn't have it in their home states. Yeah, they also would not come here. I see I see people. So first of all, I moved from New Jersey. I lived in New Jersey before uh, we all lived in Jersey before we came here. Uh, I moved from New Jersey to Florida because of guns, because yeah. Florida had easier access to my Second Amendment rights. That's why I moved. And lots of people do that. I'm not the only person that's doing that. Uh, you know, there's there's lots of folks doing that. Lots of people there's moving a, to the South for that reason, not just Florida. There's, there's a ton of folks do it. I mean, right. I, I, I spoke to um, the... Uh, Su Susie Falcone, she runs um, the Second Amendment Defense Coalition, a little pro-gun group out of Palm Beach County. Mm -hmm. And she is literally this little five-foot-nothing, 100-pound soaking wet New Yorker. You know, she is stereotypical, tough little Italian broad. Mm -hmm. And she is, she is like super passionate for constitutional care. And I asked her, I'm like, why don't you move to Florida in the first place? She goes, simple, I couldn't get a gun in New York. Yep. <laughs> I, I mean, and the, idea that, the idea that our tourism industry would suffer because of that is wrong. I mean, if you go on International Drive in the heart of Disney World, you know, right next to Disney, you have Machine Gun USA, an entire <laughs> range set up to rent machine guns to tourists. And people and come from are, all over the world, all over the people world. People come that. from all over the world, and there's a line out of that place for people to spend two, three hundred dollars to put three magazines through three different firearms. Mm -hmm. I mean, yep. they make buckets of money, and the idea that oh, guns would scare tourists. Guns bring tourists, for God's sake. Yes. On top of that, let me say this. There are still, no matter what, even if Florida banned guns, there would be a lot of guns here. Um, and I'm not saying everyone that's doing that is a criminal, right? There's a lot of patriots uh, and good people that will be doing that. But there are bad guys in Florida that have guns, and they don't give a crap about what laws you do. But one of the reasons that we don't have like a rampant crime uh, situation going on like you would find in New York City, Chicago, um, L.A., etc., is because people in Florida can legally defend themselves. Right. Because we have things like stand mm -hmm. your ground, because it's easy enough, it's easier than a lot of other places for people to be able to get a CCW uh, or a concealed uh, weapons permit. Some states like my my uh, my my brother, Anonymous Strange, he's in uh, Delaware and Delaware, you have to publish in a newspaper your name and your address and all that to let your neighbors know you want a CCW. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's crazy, man. Like, yeah. you know, I look at. If you look at the national crime stats, mm -hmm. the five safest states are constitutional carry states. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. five worst states are gun control havens. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, we could go to Puerto Rico right now. They they recently but, changed. But Lewis, Lewis, you don't understand. The guns come from the other states. <laughs> 
Yeah, last I checked, criminals break the law. Those laws don't work. Yeah. The the, the definition of a criminal is someone who doesn't give a crap about the law. Unfortunately, and in some cases, I think honest law-abiding people shouldn't give a crap. There's there's too many laws in America, and a lot of those laws out there are contradictory to our own uh, safety, right? But but, it's... But people, There's, people like us, w- don't want to follow the law. We don't want to be criminals for lots of different reasons, right? You know, you there's know. A, there's a difference between laws. So mm-hmm. there's a there's a legal theory that uh, you have malum prohibitum and malum in se. Malum prohibitum is Latin for uh, against the law because of prohibition. Malum in se basically translates to against the law because it's bad because it's it's unnatural. Mm-hmm. So, for example. A law that is malum in se is rape. Walther Arms has been making concealed carry handguns for over 90 years, starting with the PPK. Today, Walther is based in the good old US of A and still builds quality firearms like the PPQ and PDP for personal defense and competition. So when you're in the market, please consider Walther Arms. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Walther Arms. Yeah. Okay. So that was my bad, uh, Lewis. I, uh, no, that's cool, know, man. Th- hey, I, I, I saw the counter and I yeah. completely forgot about it. So. I saw it when it said five minutes, and I was like, oh, because if I do this, if I do this little sound, that's saying we got a minute or less. That's, but I totally that, that's when a text stamp gets issued right. when you hear that noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what I was gonna mm-hmm. what I was gonna say is so malum malum say is bad is it's against the law because it's bad. So things like rape, burglary, murder. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. bad. Yeah. Malum prohibitum is things like the National Firearms Act. Oh, it's a criminal act because someone made it a criminal act. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing bad about having a rifle barrel between 14 or 16 inches. <laughs> it's only bad because yeah. someone made it. So my understanding, I've never heard what you're saying. I have to look that up because I always I always like the, the uh, Latin stuff. So let me see. I'm going to look that up. So malum, what is it? Malum. malum it- Malum prohibitum and malum Oh, okay. Here we go. So here's a. So here I could put this up here. You know, <laughs> I like to teach the people things, uh, especially when I learn things. The distinction between malum in se and malum prohibitum offenses is best characterized as follows: a malum in se offense is naturally evil and adjudicated by the sense of a civilized community, whereas a malum prohibitum offense is wrong only because a statute makes it so there hmm. you go which is exactly what our uh you know friend lewis valdez already said so but there you go we you know we've confirmed. lewis I, I got a couple of questions what what does constitutional carry in florida mean what what does i'm a ccw i i'm just curious does it mean so, i can open carry i can conceal so carry constitutional the house bill 103 basically says if you're a law-abiding individual that is 21 years or older, you could legally openly or conceal carry a firearm without the need of a CCW. The CCW permit is not being scrapped. It's not being scrapped for multiple reasons. One of them is reciprocity with other states. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other is because Florida has a mandatory waiting period. But if you have the CCW, you, you skip it. Mm-hmm. And right. in Florida... Uh, it's mandatory statewide, three days for handguns and long guns, but the counties are allowed to amend it up to five. So uh, right. where I'm currently living in Miami-Dade County, for example, it's five days for a rifle or a handgun or a shotgun. 
Uh, it used to be that it was only a waiting period, a three-day waiting period statewide for a handgun and no waiting period for a long gun. Oh. If you lived yeah. in a county that didn't that didn't have it. So like um if I live when I lived in Leon County, they didn't have that ordinance that it was that they amended the the waiting period. So it could it back then prior to 2018, I could have walked into a gun shop and buy a shotgun and walk out the same day. But now you have mm-hmm. to wait 3 days no matter what. Yeah. And we and not if, only if you don't have a permit. Yeah, not only that. Yeah, you don't have a permit. Not only that, now with the uh, gun control laws that uh, Keith Perry and uh, Rick Scott and and these other guys uh, put into effect here, uh, Republicans here in Florida, um, you know, you could be an adult. You could basically be 18, 19, 20 years old and you can't go just go buy a gun to defend yourself. You can't do it. Yeah, it's 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 horrible and it's it's screwed up. So when I lived in Tallahassee. If you looked at the, the crime stats between Tallahassee and Miami per capita, if they had equal population, Tallahassee would be a more violent place. And part of that is because um, 60,000 people, uh, residents of Tallahassee were college kids. Mm-hmm. And they were disarmed because they live on campus, which is a gun-free zone. And because of Parkland, they were further disarmed that they even if they lived off campus, they couldn't legally purchase a firearm to defend themselves if, if they were under the age of 21. Yeah, including my kids. Like one of my kids goes right. to FSU, and he was under that until he turned twenty-two. Yeah, so that is a target-rich environment, and every scumbag knows it and goes after these kids. Mm-hmm. Now, just don't think of it in terms of burglary and robberies and all that. How many nineteen-year-old, twenty-year-old girls go to college, and they're the victims of domestic violence? They're the victims mm-hmm. of rape. They're the yeah. you know. So, so Keith Perry. Themselves. Yeah. So, sorry to interrupt you. Keith Perry, when I spoke to him, I spoke to him about that. And he said, oh, you know, like I, for, he's, he's talking about himself. He said, I, for example, can buy something and give it to my daughter. I was like, okay, first of all, technically you're talking about like a straw purchase thing here. I get it. You can't, you can do all that. But I was, what about the 18, 19, 20 year old uh, women that are independent of their families that don't have a family to take care of them or some, or, 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 or a nice, uh, powerful daddy <laughs> to go buy that right. thing for them. And meanwhile, they're, they're in college yeah. or they're working late and stuff like that. And they're in, you know, they're in these bad, uh, neighborhoods and all that kind of stuff. Places that I lived in when I was 18, 19 years old. Yeah, let's take it a step further. Let's say you have someone that's an out of state student that comes here from Georgia or from California or whatever. Mm -hmm. Under federal law, the parent can't purchase a firearm and give it to them because guess what? They're a state resident in another state. That's now Mm -hmm. an interstate uh, transfer of a firearm that has to go through an FFL. And they can't go – that college kid can't go to the FFL if the parents are trying to follow the law and oh, take shoot. possession of it because they're under the age of 21. Yep. It's wow. crazy. And by the way, by the way, it, it like FSU, for example, did have a um, – they did have a shooting situation there on campus, right? I know – The, the uh, Strozier Library shooting mm-hmm. where two individuals were shot. One of the individuals uh, worked the front desk of the Strozier Library. He actually was a permitted CCW carrier. Mm-hmm. Oh, and wow. because FSU was gun-free zone, he followed the law, and he didn't have his gun on him, and he was, and uh, you know, he couldn't uh, pre- he couldn't prevent the the incident from happening. Yep. yep. And the FSU president at the time was John Thrasher, 
who was the former Senate president, and Thrasher, when he was in office, killed the campus carry bills from mm-hmm. advancing. And mind you, Republican. Hmm. Yep. Yep. Unbelievable. So, yeah. So you know we've got a, we've got a problem here clearly I think in uh, in Florida uh, let me let me I just want to do a couple of things because we're kind of like in the we should be talking about news here in this section uh, we can really talk about whatever we want to but I do want to interject some stuff Night Train says I'm in Delaware I had to get fingerprinted publish my name in the paper take a class reference five uh, five people from my county <laughs> you know that's what place- not crazy. Yeah, he says he does have an out-of-state CCW for Florida, um, and Brian Quick is saying that uh, that uh, Georgia might get constitutional carry, and he and Brian Quick also said there's probably it some just passed their Senate Judiciary Committee. In okay, very good, and and the the former gunshine state of Florida cannot get that. It's embarrassing. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's embarrassing. We need to do something about that. So anything well, Georgia mm-hmm. Georgia and Alabama are advancing it. Yeah. Both so, Georgia and Alabama are advancing it. So this year we might have two states border the two states border Florida will have open carry and constitutional carry and Florida will be equal to New York and Illinois in having a complete ban on open carry and having only carry done with a permit. So listen, I remember, and well, you know, I really, I do want to talk about new stuff, but I don't know. I'm not sure if we'll get into that in this section or not, but we're, let's stick to the subject here for a second. So Mm -hmm. I remember when everything happened with Parkland um, and Rick Scott, a lot of these Republicans said that they did the gun control stuff because Rick Scott asked for it. The reason why I'm bringing that up is you know, is DeSantis asking for it? He's saying, hey, I'll sign it. You know, that's a political move. You know, he wants to stay governor, maybe take a run at the White House. Is he asking for it, though? That's that's really the question to me. Everything that I've heard is no, he's not asking for it. He mm-hmm. hasn't asked for it. Um, he says he would sign it. He says he supports the idea. But he has not yet publicly called the legislature to it. Just across the border in Georgia, Brian Kemp, as governor there, flat out said, I want constitutional carry to reach my desk and I want the legislature to pass it. In Texas last year, Greg Abbott did the same thing. And guess what? It passed. The legislature here in Florida, if DeSantis tells them to jump, they'll ask how high. Mm -hmm. He needs to flat out tell the legislature, I want this on my desk and I want it on my desk now. But that will only happen if people make it a campaign issue. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, what I was going to ask you. Like, what can we do to encourage uh, Governor DeSantis to ask for that? Like, what are we not doing? What where are we failing? You know, my personal, my personal. What what are you up to, Rich? What are you up to over there? Okay, there you go. He just muted himself. Oh, he's eating. He's eating. So Uh, yeah. So what what are we doing wrong? Because I always like to you know I think that when something is not going the way we want it to go, we need to start with ourselves, right? We need to look at the man in the mirror. Oh, what are we we doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? You know, what's Rich doing wrong? Um, The biggest, you know, other than eating that Snickers bar. (laughs) I'm jealous of that, by the way. The biggest thing anyone, the biggest any got another one for you is put pressure on the governor. Call his office. Email him. And do it over and over and over again. Make it an issue he can't escape. If he goes to a speaking engagement and you're there, ask him. 
put him on the spot. Mm-hmm. Right so, now. Go ahead. Lewis, I sent an email today to Governor DeSantis because I saw on the Florida, you know, GOA how do that, you, that was an yeah, issue. How do you do that? That's what I was going to ask you. How do you do that? How do, there, where do we get this info of how to message the governor? I'll put it up here if someone has it. Sends me. Yeah, isn't there GOA action where you can just like do a form letter? Yeah, we have that on our website. But you know what? Even if you don't want to go through that, I'll just give you the email directly. Yeah. Send me um, if you have that stuff and you send it to me, I'll just put it up here and let people see it. Because, look, I really think that if we want this in Florida, we got to stop, you know, uh, talking about it and then and be, you know, we have to start being about it. And we really do need to uh, push these guys on this. You know, we have to be the backbone, right? It's good that we've got yep. GOA behind us and we've got uh, pit bulls, as I said earlier in this, like my friend Luis Valdez here of GOA. He really is, you know, um, uh, he's a tough guy, I guess. How long were you How long were you uh, in law enforcement? 20 years or more 15 than that? Years. 15 years. Yeah, there you go. 15 years. Yeah, so... You know, we, we we really need to do this. I see that Flying Rich put uh, the governor's email in the chat there, but um, if Lewis sends that to me, I'll throw it up. I, I I think I sent it to you through the chat. I don't know if I did if it went through. Uh, or not. So I wrote, "Dear Governor DeSantis, I'm so proud of you being my governor. I'm a Florida con. I'm for Florida constitutional carry. Why can't I talk? Similar bills have been passed in other states with good results. There should be no issue passing similar legislation in this state. And, you know, it just kind of went on. Yeah. And then I mentioned that I'm for national reciprocity, but again, that's not a state issue. Um, so does, uh, does, um... so we've, we've been, we've been sending petitions into the governor and one of the things we are bringing up specifically in these petitions is um, it says on page, the Republican Party's national 2020 platform has stated the following in regards to American Second Amendment rights. We support constitutional carry statutes and salute the states that have passed them. Page 12 of the Republican Party platform. We are flat out pointing this out to the governor and to every elected official mm-hmm. that the national party's platform is constitutional carry. And if they don't push it, they're violating that, mm-hmm. let alone every civic minded idea of following the Constitution. Let's just I'll, we're going after their pocketbook on that. You claim to be a Republican. Here's the Republican Party stance on it. Why aren't you doing it? Yeah. Absolutely. I think that that's something that uh, we have to stick with. You know, we have to find different ways. If there is a GOA form letter that's already out there, um, and if just text it to me, and I'll be able to throw it up here on the screen. Or if you have the link to it or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm sure. See. Let me see. I could probably look. Yeah, GOA probably has it on their website. Um, they're really good with a lot of this stuff. You know, uh, you guys should already be aware of that if you're uh, if you get on the gun owners of america email list you'll get a lot of these things um we just have to keep pushing for this and and one of the the cool things about florida is that you will see these reps like i do actually run into keith perry <laughs> there's a guy i know that knows him 
And and I was in this guy's office because the, the guy told me, oh, you know, I'm really good friends with him. And he always comes in here. And I was in the guy's office and he came in and he goes, yeah, this is Hank Strange. He doesn't like you because you he says you put gun control in Florida. <laughs> and I had a conversation with him and I was like, yeah, man, you know, respectfully, I'm still not happy about that. I've told him I've actually met with him in the past. Um, when I was doing stuff with the guys from Big Daddy Guns, he actually came into Big Daddy Guns when this happened. And, uh, you know, he got a piece of my mind at that time as well. You know, this is terrible, man. This is a terrible thing. Now, when we talk to these guys, Lewis, like when I've spoken to him in the past, he goes, well, if you don't, if you don't support us, if you don't vote for us and Democrats get in there, they're going to do worse. Uh, what's either, you know, I'll... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead I want to vote for Democrats. I, I honest to God, it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, that's it. I'm campaigning for Democrats. F you. That but I get that. I. No, 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 no. I was gonna. I didn't mean to cut you off, Rich. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I mean, I, I get that freaking mad because I have Brian Mast as my congressman, and he would come to every Tea Party meeting, and I would talk guns with the guy, and he's like, "I'm a gun guy. I'm a gun guy. Let's go to the range. We'll go shooting together." Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't have to go shooting with you. I got friends like Hank Strange who are cool and I can go shooting with. Mm -hmm. But I, now he's against semi-automatics. I'm like, what the serious? hell does that mean? <laughs> I mean, I know what it means, but what, what is he yeah, talking yeah. about? <laughs> the, the what does he issue, want you to have, a slingshot? <laughs> the, the biggest way, the, the biggest issue with them is when they claim they're pro-gun against Democrats, if a Democrat wants to completely ban all firearms, their attitude of being pro-gun is, well, I'm fine with you having a single-shot rifle kept at the local gun range under lock and key. See, I'm pro-gun. You get to hone that. Right. Mm -hmm. When in right. reality, no. But the best way to the best way to argue that is, don't be be civil, but mm -hmm. don't stroke their egos. Be honest. Just say, no, I'm a voter. I'm a constituent. If you don't do this, I will vote you out of office. I will support a primary challenger against you. Yep. Mm -hmm. And and we are. So we, we have Melissa Martz. Uh, she's going to be coming on John Crump Live. And actually, Hank, Melissa Martz is a great guest. So if you want to have her on, she'd be fantastic. Okay. I'd be happy to and, uh, I'll be happy to, you know, I, I mean, obviously, I don't want to I don't want to like, you know, have too much dilution, you know, of, of, of the audience and stuff like that. Cause I think mm -hmm. you and John do good stuff. You know, we try to offer a different thing and keep it all spicy here. But at the same time, I think we need to do that. We need to help people primary these guys. And in the end, yeah. even if they get through the primaries, don't vote for them. I refuse to vote. I did not vote for Rick Scott to go to Congress. I did not vote for that. I refused to do it. He wound up over there, but I refused to vote for him because now we've just put him in a further position that he's going to screw Florida. He's he's pretending very well. I, I keep an eye on him. He's pretending really well over there. Um, and I think that's because he knows that we're watching him. These guys have to know there's a price. You know, we kind mm -hmm. of like... We need to keep their backbone <laughs> stiff, you know? We need to give some steel to their backbone. Um, go ahead. I think, Lewis, you had something to say here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, another thing that folks could do is join your county-level Republican executive committee. There is 67 of them. And last I checked, there's something like 200 seats open in these organizations. Mm -hmm. Now, these county-level RECs, they dictate what eventually will be state party policy. And that is a way to shape and correct the issues from the inside. 
mm-hmm. is everything starts local. Look, your congressman at one point, you know, Marco Rubio, he used to be a city councilman. Everything mm-hmm. starts local. Yep. If you have the ability mm-hmm. to shape policy on the level, it trickles up. And that is one of the things that I think people really need to get involved in is join their RECs because you can do an internal takeover of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, DCG44, shout out to him. He says, uh, he's in the chat. He says, Democrats stab you uh, face-to-face, Republicans stab you in the back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Shout out to DCG44, by the way. I was talking to him today. Uh, He's... uh, He's doing something very, very nice uh, for myself and everyone who enjoys uh, YouTube slash Hank Strange. You guys will see that in the future sometime here, but uh, we're not going to talk I, I about that. I got to give the Democrats credit. I got to mm-hmm. give the Democrats credit because when they're going to when they're going to screw you over, they wine and dine you first, at least. The Republicans, right. <laughs> they, they, just, they just go behind you dry, and it's just like, oh no, nope, take yeah. it. And you're going to like no lube. <laughs> Like, yeah. I didn't get anything. <laughs> you know, um, so they have to suffer. They they have to suffer. There has to be a price they pay. Even if, even to me, we have to be afraid. We can't be afraid, I should say. We should not be afraid of the nuclear option that they're talking about. When you go to vote, you should know what these people are up to and do not vote for them. Do not support them and be willing to run people against them. And, and I'd like to ask, you know, uh, you know, Lewis, you ever thought about it? We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Move My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Barnul Ammo. Barnul has a wide range of reliable, quality steel case ammo for small game, large game, target shooting, and self-defense. They've got the classics like 7.62 and 5.45, as well as 9mm all the way up to 308. Subsonic as well. So when you're in the market, please consider Barnul Ammo. All right, boom, there you go. I'm having so much fun here. I'm missing this thing my damn self. And I didn't uh, I didn't give the warning. So there you go. Oh, look, Rich showing the Barnul ammo. Big shout out yep. to those guys, as well as the folks from uh, High Point. Um, did you see the High Point Bros video that we oh, put yeah. up, Rich? Yep. You got a big yep. shout out in there. We're in the Gorn yep. section right now. So we can show some guns. That's why we're over here if you guys want to see guns. Oh, By the way. Yeah. God. Yeah. So check this out. I'm going to show this first of all. This is my uh, What Would Stoner Do build that I've done. See, check out the back right there. Right? The KP-15. And then up front is the Liberty Suppressors uh, Leonidas. So this is a te- integrally suppressed 5.56 rifle that is very lightweight that I have here. Uh, I don't know. Well, hold on a second. Don't put the magazine in the wrong way. That's a bad thing. Uh, let's see. There you go. Boom. Beautiful gun. Uh, great for uh, home defense right there. Integrally suppressed, you know. Middle of the night, you don't have to throw on your Air Pro as well. So that's what I've got here. Let's see. Who's got... Who's got something here? Lewis? You, oh, oh, wheel gun. So, so Colt uh, King Cobra 3-inch 357 Magnum brass bead front sight. I'm laughing because I, I can't remember the last time you showed a gun on the show. <laughs> this is cool. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, let's see it. Can oh, we see dude, it up close? I, every time I try to show a gun, you have to remind me that I can't. So it's like, oh. Yeah, sucks. oh, you can show guns all you want to this whole time. Yeah. You know, at any time, you don't have to wait for the Gorn <laughs> section to, to do it. You could sh- throw up whatever you want to out there. I see Rich is getting busy. I don't know what Rich is up to over there. Rich is, oh, oh, Rich going. He going. Oh, look at that. Oh, oh. 
<laughs> that is for the people listening on audio. This is a bullpup Glock with a 34. 3D printed folding stock, also. Yeah. Oh, sexy. And uh, and then it has on the grip. It's got the flight the the squadron. Oh yeah. Looks like. Let's see. So how is this running, Rich? How is this running? It's not running great. Um, so I can get like five shots in a row without it stovepiping. So I actually, this is a remix of the original one I did. And I have a remix of the remix. Actually, Richard Hoffman suggested it. So oh, cool. let's see. Yeah. By the so, way, the uh, the CEO of uh, Utreon is in the chat, Edward Brower. He oh, says, hey! This is Utreon, so yes, absolutely, you guys could, you know. He says, this is Utreon, so yeah, you could throw up guns whenever you want. Eduardo, to. is I'll he show, supporting the truckers right in Canada? Yes, there you go. He can answer that question, and I'll, I'll show that, so I'm just showing that off for a second. I can't share the chat here yet. I'm waiting for somehow to be able to, to do that, but uh, yeah, go ahead, so, Rich. This is so. This design is from Control Pew, and and this is the you know like first version that he shared with me. Mm -hmm. I redid it a little bit. So let's see if I pull this apart. There's lugs right here. By the way, he the says yes. He says yes. Cool. So. so there's lugs right here that this forward grip lock into, mm -hmm. and then. This one has the lugs, so this gray one has the lugs, but it also has gussets here because one of the guns that I was shooting cracked right here. Mm. So it seems like the PLA Plus, which is the gray stuff, is stronger. I'm not sure what's going on if I'm getting flex in this part of the frame, and that's why it's not fully cycling. And or it's either not fully cycling or slow cycling. Mm -hmm. And I think it has to do with flex in the frame here. So this is beefed up not only with the gussets, but it's like doubled up over here. This is the fun. So, this is the downside and the upside of making the guns. <laughs> well, this, one, this is it's not as easy as Glock makes it look. That's number one. And my but, mag sticker came off. So yeah, but two, it is, it is, uh, it, it is, uh, it is fun though making your own stuff, right? Because you get to oh. find out how these things work, which is a cool thing to do. It's it's fun and it's frustrating because I'm like, whoa, I I'll have this put together like Thursday and I'll go see Frank. Uh, I'll go see you know somebody and shoot it at their place uh, this weekend, and it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's not ready for prime time. Who is this Frank you're talking about? I I, I was gonna say Hank, but I meant oh. I said Frank instead of Hank, and then I figured I'd just go with it so I didn't look stupid. But thanks for highlighting that. I was just getting jealous for a second. I was like, you know, can't have a Frank and a Hank. Boy, it's, it's you know, it's like I, I talked to you. I'm like, hey, I got a, I got this print. I'm gonna put it together tomorrow. I'm gonna test fire it at my house. I'm gonna, mm -hmm. you know, in in that's one of the great things of Florida. So if you have more than an acre, an acre or greater of property, you can shoot on your own property. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a range set up. I'm just shooting into the ground. Mm -hmm. But at least I can test fire it and see, you know, without take, packing up my crap, taking a half hour ride to the range, getting set up, paying 15 bucks to find out crap yeah. didn't work. And I believe if the average in your in wherever you live is an acre or more, you could do that. So, 
Yeah. Uh, you know, yes, absolutely. If it's the average, if you live someplace that's a quarter of an acre and you have an acre, I don't think you can. But it's stupid. I, you used to be able to shoot even if you you just had like a little, you know, little uh, four foot by four foot. You, you mean like Keltex range? Because Keltex <laughs> range is a shipping container, mm-hmm. and then their R and D is another shipping container. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was another thing that changed because of Republicans. It used to be yep. that you could shoot. I remember there was a guy in Key Largo. Yes, uh, he lived on he lived on a little tiny postage stamp piece of property, but his property backed up to the water, and he built the proper backstop and everything. But it was and, a canal. Yeah, it was a canal, or it was uh, the the intercoastal, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they changed the law to where it has to be an acre because of that. So again, Republicans wasn't that also wasn't that um, was that Scott? I thought that was also Rick Scott. It was either around. Oh, was it, it was either um, under the Scott legislation, the Scott or Chris. administration, oh. or Chris. It was one of those. Yeah, two. it was but one of those knuckleheads. Yeah, Republicans have been in charge for the last twenty years. Yeah, um, so shameful, man. <laughs> so, so yeah, we we definitely need to we definitely need to push back against this. Here's the question I was going to ask you before we dropped into this, and if you got all the guns, we could definitely show it. I was going to ask, um, uh, you know, are you thinking anywhere in the plans, Luis Valdez, running for office? You know, I mean, no, no, not at all. Mm. Okay. Not, you- not, no, not at all. Not at the mm-hmm. moment. Um, I honestly feel I could do better outside of the legislature than I can in because mm-hmm. I'd rather support good people running for office. Mm-hmm. Um, like right now you got, uh, there's a couple of folks running for office and these aren't official endorsements or anything, but I'm just giving them shout outs because mm-hmm. they're good folks. Uh, you got Chandler Langevin down in the Brevard County area. He's running. You got Emily Nunez up in the Jacksonville area. She's running for office. Um, you got, um, Jenna, uh, Jenna Haig, she's running, uh, down in, um, the Broward County area of all things. Uh, I mm-hmm. mean, you, you got good folks that are running for office. Who's They're the, um, who's the British expat guy that I saw on one of the, oh, he's, he, he's out of, um, if I remember, I think he's out on the West coast out of the Tampa Bay area. I forget. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I forget his name right now at the moment. Uh, yeah. You know, Mm-hmm. You got a lot of good people that are running as primary candidates, specifically against establishment Republicans that are anti-gun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I'm not saying this as an official endorsement or anything. I'm just saying this from a news standpoint. These people are running because they're tired of the way the legislature literally treats them and their gun rights. Um mm-hmm. It, yeah, here we go. Here's that article. Sorry, let me just uh, ex-Brit challenger for Florida congressional seat. The ATF has to go. He's running against Vern wow. Buchanan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and B- Buchanan's an interesting cat. Um, so that's Martin Hyde, I think, right? Yeah, Hyde, when yeah. Buchanan was running for re-election after 2018 or before 2018, I forget when exactly. But the Republican Party of Florida sent out a campaign flyer uh, for Buchanan promoting gun control. This was Republican Party paid literature mm-hmm. that was sent to voters in his district promoting Buchanan backing gun control. Yeah, and it we, was uh, ooh. Yeah, did, it, I, did, did we have you I'm on to talk you. about this? Because I remember you and I talking about it. It's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So literally, you had the Republican Party spending 
party money promoting gun control for a congressional incumbent candidate mm -hmm. to stay in office against another lawmaker or against uh, his, his challenger saying that the primary I'm challenger more, more, i don't even remember if it was the primary challenger running against the democrat and i think mm -hmm. the entire, really from what i remember the entire argument on that campaign flyer was i'm not a hypocrite i'm in favor of gun control the guy running against me he claims he's for gun control but he has money invested in stock options and gun companies wow that's wow. that's like Twilight Zone. <laughs> that's like the I feel like I'm in a Twilight Zone. <laughs> but the so the thing that drives me crazy is one, the Democrats get elected and tell you what they're going to do, and two, they do it. Mm -hmm. In all Democrats yep. are Democrats, and most Republicans are Democrats. It's never the other way around. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, Hank, we've had this conversation. When Trump got elected, all the Republicans, you know, all the the congressmen were saying. Re-elect us. We'll do the Hearing Protection Act. Re-elect us. We'll do national reciprocity. Guess what? You didn't get re-elected, a-holes. You should have done it first time around. Yeah, absolutely. Don't wait for the – stop waiting for the midterms. <laughs> Anytime I hear it's someone tell me wait carrot. for the midterms, I'm like, wow, we wasted our time with these guys. These, it's I, Lucy and the football. I've always heard the, the – oh, you know, it's not the right time. We got to wait next year. I'm like, it's never the right time. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, if you sit on the sidelines, you will lose. If you get mm -hmm. in the game, you might lose, but you might win. Yeah. This whole idea of just sitting and waiting for this perfect alignment of stars. No, push the issue and make it happen. I mean, mm -hmm. Nancy Pelosi, I hate her as a politician. And I hate her as the thief she is stealing from the taxpayers. Oh, for sure. But politically, she's a genius because she will bring up issues knowing that they'll pass the House but fail in the Senate. But she brings them up for a reason. Why? Because it stays in the collective public's consciousness. Mm -hmm. And it becomes mm -hmm. an issue to where it then passes. Yeah. The Republicans are like, no, 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 no. We, we can't touch this right now. It's just not right. It's like, to hell with that. Make it an issue. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Let me also say, I don't like Nancy Pelosi's face. She looks like a chihuahua. <laughs> she looks like uh, Mars Attacks. Remember when, in Mars? Remember the movie Mars Attacks where they switch a Love chihuahua's head onto a woman's body? Do you remember yes. that? Yes. yes, that's what Nancy Pelosi reminds uh, me of. <laughs> that, that's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> me too. That that's, was one of the first movies so, I ever bought on DVD when DVD came out. <laughs> it was funny. What Tyvin says, Tyvin says Nancy Pelosi's eyebrows have sideburns. <laughs> um, see, this yeah. is weird. You guys can see the comments. I can't. Oh, you have to go to – I sent you a link that you can open up in a separate thing, and um, and then you might have to mute it when you go over there. But that's yeah. the only place you could see the comments because we're on Utreon. Uh, Hopefully, we'll get the Utreon guys to give us a better way to to, to that I could just throw the comments up here. A um, couple of things going on here. Um, there we go. Okay, I figured it out. Yeah, DCG44 says, I know you guys focus on Florida because it's your home, but if any Texans are watching, support Chad – prather in the upcoming republican primary and hopefully 2022 governor race um and i don't know what's mm. going on in texas but we we try to focus on what's going on in the whole country i do personally yeah. know lewis and uh we've been friends for years now i think at this point yeah it's god i still remember the first time we met it was at chat show and mm -hmm. i bump into you and it was like hey 
I have a Daewoo. You have a yeah. Daewoo. We need to go see our Daewoos. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we've. Uh, I, th- I think we were together in Tallahassee a couple of years ago. At this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was. Uh, it was during the Parkland uh, gun control fiasco that I yeah. helped organize a rally, and you were one of the guest speakers. But um, yeah. So in regards to Texas, I'm not the state director for Texas. I'm. You know, I handle mm-hmm. Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a fantastic group of folks in Texas that kick fucking take names. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I could get them on the phone right now to ask who is the best candidate in Texas, but GOA is very active in Texas for anyone in Texas. Go to GOA's website. Trust me. They'll, they'll keep you up to date on who you guys should back when it comes to two A issues on that. Um, yeah. yeah GOA has mm-hmm. the, the best info. I would say for folks out there, if you want to know, mm-hmm. go look at that. Look, I think last, what was it? When was it, Rich, that we had, uh, I, I don't know if you were on that day or not, but we had Daniel, Gun Doctor TV, he's in Kentucky. If there's other people from GOA out there representing mm-hmm. different states, I'm always happy and open to have those uh, folks come on the show here. And I'll gladly pass the word and, and yeah. spread it around and they'll come on. Um, mm-hmm. but, you know, and, and I don't want to segue back into Florida, but of course mm-hmm. that's where we all live. Mm-hmm. So and it's important. Florida is important, I think, for the country. I mean, let's realize like right now, Florida is one of the top three places in America with everything that's been going on the last two years of the covid lockdowns that people are going to. So Florida is very important when it comes to what's happening in the country. I'm not saying it's the only place. There's obviously people are going to Texas as well as a few other states out there. But it's it's interesting what's happening here, even if you don't look so Rich asked me, you know, hey, you know, what about this whole thing with Disney funding or, or is Disney funding anti-gun movements and all mm-hmm. You know, you, you do have the, the Chamber of Commerce and you do have the tourism industry that they kind of throw this idea that, oh, it's going to hurt their industry. Now, for folks that are watching that are outside of Florida, you could actually do something. I want you guys to call and email Governor DeSantis and I want you to tell them that as tourists to Florida, you would actually visit Florida more often if Mm -hmm. constitutional carry passes because every organization, every group that I've spoken with, they all want to, they all want to whack DeSantis with a stick and say, Oh, if I don't, if constitutional carry is not passed, we're not going to spend money in Florida. Not to hell with that. Dangle the carrot, tell them it's true because no matter what people will come here. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to come to Florida, use your dollars wisely. Tell them I will Mm -hmm. spend more in Florida if constitutional right, well maybe they should say i want it like there's six flags in texas right yeah they should say hey texas has constitutional carry has six flags i'm going to texas for my uh family vacation mm-hmm. they have constitutional carry and the states around the union there. the states around the union that have constitutional carry are going to be the safest i'm not saying this it's you know I'm a big supporter of concealed carry. I have the permit. You know, the Florida one reciprocates, I think, to, what is it, like 29 states or something like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's 30-something states now. Yeah. Wow. So I'm all for that, you know, and I don't always want to let people know what it is I'm doing. However, I think that... Are you... I don't mean to interrupt, but are you seeing the things I post in the comments on the guest chat? Um, Yes. Okay, I'm gonna post. Uh, uh, but I can't share. I'm not I'm sure. I'm posting a GOA share. alert. Okay, if you let me see. So I'm I just posted to... a GOA alert for the forty. It, it was our forty-nine state alert specifically 
for the out-of-state residents. This if you if you if you text it to me, I could actually share it better with everyone because this is our okay, own thing. I'll text and I, it to you. Yeah, I don't have a way to throw that on the screen here easily. So that's the okay. That's I'll, I'll text it. it to you. Yeah, Rich and I could see it, so I think maybe Rich can copy it and put it in the chat if he's on the same system. But I'm using several uh, different and desperate things that don't connect to each other just for the sake of the broadband. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, 42 Chill says we can't see right it. Now. Yeah, um, Brian Quick says, if more Americans call their representatives about Pro-2A initiatives, we would see improvement. Uh, yeah, we just have to keep that up. And and the, the beautiful thing about local politics is you get to see these people. And you get to talk to them, and you get to give them a piece of your mind, respectfully. When I saw Keith Perry, I didn't disrespect him. Um, you know, I did give him a very, uh, a very stern piece of my mind for sure. Um, the first time when this whole thing happened, and I was upset about it, and I still am, to be honest with you guys. But even the last time that I saw him here, I was still respectful. And and if you guys noticed from that video that we were showing um, earlier. With with Lewis going to the Capitol, he was he was respectful. All those people were respectful. That guy, um, what's that guy's name? Dan, what's the name of the guy that you went to, you went to see him and he walked away from you? That was disrespectful. Oh, uh, um, Chuck Brannon, Representative yeah. Chuck Brannon. Yeah, that was disrespectful. So, what he did. What What bothers me about that is he could have just smiled, shook your hand, and listened to you for sixty seconds. Mm -hmm. Here, let me switch. E even if he hated your guts, he could have done that. Right. But he just, you know. Ran, he's like, hey, you mind if I hide your office for a couple minutes, close the door? Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. So right here, I, I am sharing in this other screen um, what Lewis was sharing with me. Florida gun owners need your help to pass constitutional carry. Um, and, and, you know, there's the alert that goes through. So if people want to get these alerts, Lewis, what are they supposed to do to get these GOA alerts? Well, oh, right there. Go to gunowners.org slash join and join GOA. It's yeah. just 25 bucks a year, and you get national alerts, and you get state alerts, and we are coming up on a heartbreak in the next 10 seconds. Oh, look at that, uh -oh. man. Jeez, you're, you're good with this. You need to be a regular on the, <laughs> on the show. I missed it again. Okay, we are coming up here in a sec. With Arms List, you can shop the extensive list of local and nationwide firearms classified. Now with more confidence because of their built-in firewall. For only $6.99 a month for personal use or $30 a month for business vendors. So when you're in the market, please consider Arms List. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Move My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Arms List. All right, so here we go. Uh, we are back here for a second. I'm gonna read. Uh, comment. Let me see. I gotta. Oh, let me get these guys' names up on here. Um, so let me just read this comment from Night Train. He says, "Flying is horrendous. Suffering the indignities of dealing with uh, TSA thugs, threats of fines and arrest for not wearing a, a, a mask over your nose." Yeah, I know it's that. And then the other day, Lola was flying out to meet me. I think in uh, Nevada, in Vegas, uh, for SEMA show. And um, she forgot, like, she's got this little microtech, and and I and I'm pretty sure it's actually oh, TSA. Oh no! It's TSA. Oh. It's TSA approved, but she forgot it in her bag. They found it. Babyface had dropped her off because uh, she left her Tesla at his place in Gainesville, and he was like, "Hey, I'll come back and get it." They would not give it back to her so she can give it to him. Really? All right, yeah. so, so they I donated a Kershaw to TSA on my way to SHOT Show. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, $20, $30 knives uh, had a chip in it, so I really didn't mm -hmm. care. 
they're like, well, you got to check the bag or you can bring it back out to your car. You know, they, they, would, they, not let her, back they would not let her do it here in Gainesville. And uh, we don't wow. even know how to get it back because they're like the, yeah. the, the, yeah, uh, the, you can the get it police back. officer you can buy it at an auction. Well, the police officer came in there, Gainesville uh, PD guy that stationed at the airport came in and said, listen, I don't have any problem with you giving it back to her so she could take it home or give it to someone um, on the outside. And the TSA guys refused. So that's yeah. crazy. Because so, the TSA um, guy said, hey, uh, it was in my backpack. Mm-hmm. He's like, you, you can check your backpack. Go out and check your backpack. And I'm yeah. like, no, I'm not going to check my backpack. That was a microtech I bought for her, for her birthday, a couple hundred bucks. Um, and, then it, and it is in, it is laser engraved also. With Lo, it's got Lola Strange on it. It's got Hank Strange all over it. So if anyone ever comes across it, you know, um, I would like to get it back. You know, definitely, uh, I'll definitely be appreciative of it. You know, uh, give you some That's stuff, horrible. you know. Some, uh, a definitely a reward is involved in there somewhere but yeah so it's it's you know there's a lot of nonsense going on and that particular knife if i'm if i'm not mistaken is supposed to be travel safe i they almost don't care. They lost mm-hmm. go ahead they don't I get almost, the memo mm-hmm. yeah i almost lost a very uh special uh sog multi-tool that i got as a gift when i enlisted into the army many years back and, uh, you know, I forgot it was in my carry-on. We were leaving Vegas of all places. Mm-hmm. And uh, TSA took it from me and they're like, oh, well, you know, you can't take it on the plane, this and that. And I was like, well, what the hell can I do? And the TSA guy, at least he was courteous enough to say, hey, if you go right outside the security area, mm-hmm. there's a mail drop box that you could mail it to yourself. Mm-hmm. And it I costs like, you know, 50 bucks or something. And I was like, fine, you know, so I went – put it in the envelope, put my credit card information on it, threw it in the thing. And I was like, well, I'll get it at some point. And it showed up like a month later. Mm. A month? Yeah. (laughs) But uh, not all airports have that. And that's the crap. Wow. Yeah. No. Well, this this TSA agent would not do it. He would not, you know, a cruise man said that knife went right into the agent's pocket. You you know, TSA recruits from Domino's Pizza. Yeah, well, the guy was delivering pizza last week. Yeah, you, you think he's up on all the rules, read all the memos? Yeah, I I don't know, man. That's pretty terrible. Um, and I don't think Lola was able to get any kind of report or anything like that to do any follow up on it. And I don't know anyone, um, here at the local TSA, for that matter, to to really track it down. But yeah, there's lots of there's lots of horribleness going on all around uh, for everyone. Um, so let's see what. We in the in the previous thing we were we should have covered news. We can really do whatever we want to do here. What new stuff is on you guys' minds? Anything out there in the news on people's minds you want to talk about? Well, for sure, how um, the ATF has been caught red-handed having close to a billion forty-four seventy-three records, and them claiming, "Oh, well, we don't have a uh, we don't have a, a record." You know, because under the uh, FOPA, the Fire Owners Protection Act, it's illegal for the federal government to have a registration list minus the NFA list mm-hmm. on uh, gun purchases. Yet they claim that they now have close to a billion records, something like mm-hmm. 900 million uh, scanned 4473s. Mm-hmm. And remember, on top of all that, they redid the 4473. So all the pertinent information, your name, your address, your date of birth, so and easy. the information is on, <laughs> on the front one page. So it's easier to make it an optics. I forget what it's uh, OCR. OCR. 
Mm-hmm. You know, optics collation, something, a scannable PDF. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they could search that information in an in, online database. And so in that same letter, they say they're, they're searching the database for crime guns. And I'm like, well, if you could search for crime guns, you could search for Richard Hughes and you could search for all the guns. Yeah, it's I records. Bought. Yeah, it's records. There's a they're kind yeah. of walking on a fine line here. And I'm pretty there's been instances when they've shared this with different uh, enforcement, law enforcement agencies around the country. Right. This is already this is documented to have yeah. happened already. Yeah. yeah. The, the they're using the purpose of the E-Trace and the E-Trace is that. If let's say when I was a cop, you know, I, I recover a firearm on a, on a crime scene, I run the serial number. So it, uh, we would do an E-trace to ATF. ATF would then contact the manufacturer and the manufacturer would go through their records and say, OK, we sent Glock 17 serial number 12345 to Joe Bob's uh, FFL back on September 1st, 2010. Mm-hmm. So then they contact Joe Bob and Joe Bob, I, he was still in business. Mm-hmm. Remember, if you're in business, you have to have your record, your 4473 records and your bound book right. on file for 20 years. Or if you go out of business, ATF takes all the records mm-hmm. and then they store it. So then they supposedly go through that and then they they trace the firearm through its lineage of who has owned it. Mm-hmm. Now, that sounds great and all. And, you know, can it be used to solve crimes? Yeah, it can. Can it be horribly abused? Oh hell yeah, it can. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's, it's right unless unless you're Hunter Biden. I mean, then it doesn't really. Matter. You know, if you're Hunter Biden yeah, yeah, and, Hunter and Biden, the Secret Service, <laughs> yeah, you know, just call up the Secret Service and they'll step in for you. <laughs> you're all good. <laughs> you know, um, and now, then I the think biggest, the biggest mm-hmm. issue I have with it, mm-hmm. the biggest issue I have with it is. Yeah, is it registering and tracking firearms? It is, but if you look at New Zealand when uh, they did their uh, gun confiscation, gun confiscation crackdown after uh, that shooting they had out there, New Zealand was weird. They didn't register guns. All they had to do was register gun owners. So the entire idea of there being a list of potential gun owners in of itself, even if the list is outdated. Let's say in those 4473 records that ATF has, you know, they'll have my records, but I don't have that firearm, for, for instance, because I might have traded mm-hmm. it for something else, a private sale. But they know if they comb that, if they comb NFA records, because I own a couple of NFA firearms, if they comb the state's CCW records, they could through and also social media and everything else, they could put a pretty good algorithm together and say, yeah, this guy's a political threat. He owns firearms. We're going to make him an enemy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the sh- issue. That's they can the for sure issue. know. They can for sure know what you have. Um, I've seen instances of people, for example. Uh, I know. I know someone that it happened to. Um, actually, my brother. It, he moved from New York to Delaware so that he could. Uh, so he can. You know, he can actually own guns and and uh, you know not have an issue with that. He's a for sure gun guy. Encouraged me to do mm-hmm. what I'm doing right now. And he wanted to be able to buy stuff and, and actually have those things and go shooting and all that. So he moved to Delaware, bought a bunch of guns because that's what he wanted to spend his money on. Uh, you know, they showed up and they were like, yeah, we know you used to live in New York and now you live here and you have all these guns and we want to see them. Now, 
from from what he told me, he was like, yeah, and I'm going to call my lawyer. And then they then they dropped that, you know, but, they, <laughs> but there's agencies or, or they're acting like they're not sharing this info with with agencies and agencies aren't going to say, hey, this particular person, just like we're talking about there, they move from here to there. Let's go see if they have stuff. Let's see if they're buying stuff here and doing this or that with it. So you're technically being presumed guilty before you did anything, you know? It's not like you bought something and then somehow it wound up in the hands of a criminal and then they're tracing it back and they're like, hey, what, you know, why are you doing this? You you just moved. <laughs> you wanted to be free. You moved from one place to another. Oh, we got to check up on you and see what's going on with you. That's not so. Yeah. Oh, that, that's, yeah. I mean, that's police state intimidation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. California, I know California does that with their um, uh, Department of Justice Bureau of Firearms, whatever, and some such that mm -hmm. they go after people like that, even people out of state that to the point that if you recently moved from California to like Arizona or Nevada, they still keep tabs on you. Mm -hmm. um, supposedly they send agents across the border to keep tabs on Californians that purchase ammunition in their state and cross mm -hmm. back over. I mean, it's crazy. Oh, jeez! You, you do have Gestapo-like Stasi yeah. tactics. I mean, the, yeah. The <clears throat> you know what I? So one of the things I heard, and I think it was Guns and Gadgets talking about this. I don't know if you guys are talking about it, Rich, uh, with with John Crump. Um, so now the ATF is hiring a, a bunch of dudes, right, so that they can go out there, and for example, if if they did a trace like Lewis was talking about and you didn't respond, they can um pull your license and all that stuff from you, right? Did you guys did you hear about that? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. So mm -hmm. what's um, going on with that, Lewis? So ATF has uh I don't remember the the extreme details of it, but ATF basically has two types of agents. They have an administrative agent, they have field agents that carry guns and have arrest powers and all that. Mm -hmm. Now the administrative agents, they're the ones that they go to an FFL and you know they do the yearly checkup of Hey, is your bound book in order? Do you have your 4473 on file? Is your inventory matching your records? All that jazz. Now, supposedly these guys are going to FFLs and they're pulling shenanigans on making copies of records, on pulling to threaten their stuff, on demanding uh, uh, records to show what's going on with, with sales and all that jazz. They're they're just they're they're acting as an intelligence gathering organization. They're collecting intel to track gun owners and guns. Yeah, and I think especially I know that ATF has always had a hard on for um, for the home based uh, FFLs that are out there as well. So if they could find a reason to pull licenses and things like that, they're they're going to do that. And if you remember from I don't know at this point how many years ago Crump put that out. You know, this is what they were talking to Biden about, right? What can they do? What's on their yeah. wish list? And one of the things on that wish list is to make it more difficult for people to even be FFLs. Yeah, it's a repeat of the 90s. Um, mm -hmm. Clinton, the Clinton administration did that. You know, back then they were called kitchen table FFLs. They were mm -hmm. home-based FFLs. That was one of the things that the Clinton administration did was made it to where – you know, you had to be in a in an area that was licensed for business because of zoning, because of this. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they tried to do everything administratively that yeah. they couldn't do under uh, the legislature because uh, th one of the most horrible pieces of federal legislation, in my opinion, was the Administrative Procedures Act of 1946. And that was when Congress 
passed a law that basically said, you know what, writing laws and making it actually mean something, that's no longer our job. We're just going to write a law and we're going to let the executive branch determine mm-hmm. on how to enforce it. Mm-hmm. And that has given tremendous power to agencies like the EPA, the ATF, um, OSHA, mm-hmm. uh, the FAA, um, you, you know, all the uh, the uh, the CDC and mm-hmm. uh, the USDA, all of these different administrative agencies that have regulatory authority. Mm-hmm. And and this is one of the funny things. When I was a cop, one of the things I did was I conducted uh, fraud investigations and. Mm-hmm. Under state law, we were able to go into a business and conduct a um, an administrative check to see if they had their workers' comp um, coverage and all that. We mm-hmm. would call our administrative side of the department and we'd say, hey, do do a, a, a records check on this place. Make sure that they have their workers' comp coverage. Make sure that they have um, uh, proof of coverage. And they, yeah, or the, the, license- the correct employees. Right. Or the, re- the yeah. what is it? The retail license or. Um, yeah. 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 That, that that type yeah. And the right. moment that there was a red flag, mm-hmm. that would be our in to go and conduct a criminal investigation. Mm-hmm. Oh, because shoot. It was like, ah, you're in violation of state administrative law. Now the door has opened mm-hmm. and ATF does the same thing. They do the same exact thing. They will write and change policy for an FFL on purpose and make it more convoluted and more hard for them to follow so they could specifically get them on something and then open up a criminal investigation or just simply wow. put them out of business through administrative policy by fines and say, oh, well, you violated fine X and fine Y and fine one, two, three, or, or, or policy one, two, three, you know, under administrative code, this mm-hmm. and that. And you either could pay the fine or mm-hmm. we're going to pull your license. Yeah. <laughs> So the yeah, revenue tactics, tactics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's not so. So yeah. Hank, I, I don't know if this happened. is too personal, but mm-hmm. you're, you're a home FFL. How, how is compliance? And what do you mean by that? You know, don't they come by and, you know, want to check all um, your firearms and I, I don't, I haven't seen it since I've been an FFL and that's been, uh, I think we've been doing that for at least four years, if not longer than that. We, we keep all mm-hmm. the records and everything like that, but I don't think they do it as much uh, for the home-based FFLs, at least not here in Florida or at least in the area that I'm in. I think there might be some places they do it uh, more than others from what I see, and there are people who do get visited. So I know when I talk to Walter, uh, by the way, you know from Safety Harbor Firearms, um, yeah, he gets visited a lot more regularly than I do. You know, um, so, however, we keep our records and all that kind of stuff because you're supposed to do that. And you're and also you're supposed to be showing them that, you know, you're doing this as a business and we have uh, all the licenses and all that stuff. Because mm-hmm. yeah. one, one thing that people say, they're like, well, I don't want to do a home FFL because mm-hmm. then the ATF can come and search my home. Um, they can. I mean, I think the purpose of like we're an FFL SOT. And um, even when they came to do the inspection before they gave us that, you know, they looked to see like where the business, I don't think they want to get into your personal business. You know, they Mm -hmm. basically came to look to see where we're conducting business, all that kind of stuff. I believe you're allowed to conduct business at your home and then also at any gun show that Mm -hmm. happens here in, in, uh, in Florida. 
So I think that maybe if you give them a reason or something like that, if you're a home-based FFL, at least here in Florida, in this area that I live in, then they'll go after you or check up on you more. And then maybe if you're a manufacturer or something like, like that, you know, like the situation Walter's in. But sometimes these things just happen, um, as even Lewis said, sometimes you just get flagged, right? It's like what happened with us on YouTube. If you look at what's happening with YouTube, once I came on their radar and they started talking to me, it was more detrimental, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Because now they always check on me. Now I'm one of those people that every kind of check goes through. And that's why even though I put up videos on the main YouTube channel and the podcast channel, those videos are severely, uh, you know, like suppressed because they're Mm -hmm. paying attention to you. So once they have a a reason to do that, then they pay more attention. Um, And that could be it. But, you know, at the end of the day, they can come whenever they want to. They're going to make an appointment and all that with you so i don't think it's a reason to not do it but it's it's expensive so that's the big reason why i tell people you know to think about it Mm -hmm. go ahead one of the one of the big things that people don't realize is because of administrative law and how Mm -hmm. they're able to do this is they forget plain view doctrine and plain view doctrine is the legal theory that if i'm there conducting an investigation for something else or if i'm just simply there and I see something that gives me probable cause to conduct a criminal investigation, and it was in plain view of, of me being there, congratulations, you have no um, uh, constitutional protection for that. It, it, you know, it's as if ATF is there conducting a records check, and they see, and I'm not saying you have it, but they see mm-hmm. a kilo of Coke sitting on your dining room table when they walk right, in. Right. Now they're going to be like, ah, well, there we go. <laughs> What's up you with know? that? <laughs> Yeah. What's up with that? But I mean, right. it, it's it's the it's the whole thing of if you are a private citizen, they shouldn't be able to come into your house in the first place. Mm-hmm. But they use administrative law by simply saying, mm-hmm. OK, if you want to conduct business, mm-hmm. you have to sign and waive your rights and we can come in. Yeah, I mean, that's part and parcel with it. So like how uh, I was saying to you guys earlier in this conversation, we got like uh, 45 seconds here, you know, like I was saying earlier that I'm going to do the technician's license for the ham radio. That's actually the same thing. So if you get that license and you're a ham radio operator and, and, you know, technically the FCC can come visit you if they want to, if they feel like you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing, yeah. they'll come visit you. Do they really want to? I don't think so. And I think it's the same probably with the ATF. If if I had a lot of weird activity for a home base thing, maybe they'll come visit me or if I gave them some other reason or they trace something back, I think. But that's, if you want to do business, this is what it takes. Um, we're going we're gonna to take a quick break here and we'll be right back. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Move My Freedom podcast going without the support of a DAO or decentralized autonomous organization like Tusk Crypto. Tusk Cryptocurrency is a firearm-friendly e-commerce option for online payment transactions secured on the blockchain. So when you're in the crypto market, please consider Tusk, T-U-S-C. All right, so we're back here. Um, you know, speaking of Tusk that we just showed there in uh you know, they, they do sponsor us. Um, I was talking to Rob McNeely of Tusk by Text. Uh, that's why he was trying to get through to me. Like I was saying, um, GOA, we have we have Luis Valdez here from GOA. So GOA and Tusk have a thing going on. Do you know about this, Luis? GOA is accepting Tusk? 
I, I know about this, but I'm not at liberty to completely discuss it. But right, I could right. say that we have a very good uh, relationship going with them. Uh, they recently donated a nice chunk of change to us. And I want to say thank you for that because we, one, we're not rolling in dole. You know, we're not like some other organizations with hundreds of millions of dollars. We try to spend our money very wisely and mm-hmm. we try to put every penny towards the fight. Um I don't run around in bespoke suits in a private jet. I run around in a polo in my own personal car. I mean, you know, you you do have a you do have a big Cuban uh, link on. Is that a Cuban link you got on there? Yes, it is a Cuban link. <laughs> this That's your own money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, it's um, sexy. You know what I'm saying? You know, and so, least, and you don't have to. You don't. At least you don't have to tuck your chain. You know, you're. No, you can. No. Yeah, so, exactly. So completely off topic. Um, mm-hmm. This Cuban link is actually part of my wife's. Uh, my wife's and I's uh, personal business. We have an online jewelry business called Victoria's Good Vibes Boutique. We named it after our daughter. Cool. Um, she's the the light of our life, and we named it. We called it Good Vibes because for a two year old, she's just full of smiles and happiness and energy and joy. And every time I look at her, she makes me smile, and every time my wife looks at her, she makes her smile because she's smiling. So we do, um, you know, we do jewelry for men. We do jewelry for women. We do stuff for kids. So yeah, we sell Cuban links. We sell the uh, the Guadalupe, the Virgin Mary. You know, on the guy's side, on the women's side, we have bracelets and earrings and necklaces and I'm throwing, So this is that. is this your store that I'm throwing up here right now? Yeah, that, that's our store. The, um, Victoria's the, the Good Vibes. The wonderful model there. That is my wife, and that is my daughter. That's yeah. that's our little one. Let's and, see. Um, so here you go. We we started cool this stuff. because we were we were both state employees, and during the pandemic, um, we decided, you know what, we're done with this. We're we're gonna be our, we're gonna head out on our own. We're gonna be our own bosses. Mm-hmm. And um, it was frightening at first because it was like, oh man, what are we gonna do? You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're giving up government. The 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 wonderful thing of government employees of government employment is. You could be a crappy employee and you still got job security. We're we're purposely getting rid of that to jump into this. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's that's our business. That's what we do. Awesome. Um, that's yeah. other than being GOA state director, that's what I put my passion in. And um, as a Cuban, you know, I really do run around with jewelry. It's not just because I'm advertising. <laughs> it's who I am. I remember right. last time you were asking me about the Cuban the little Cuban flag I had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. It's a part. It's a part of who you are. So, yeah. um, you know, is it so? Is it just like a Cuban focus kind of jewelry? No. Is a lot of different things. Okay, it's a lot of different things. We kind of have a Caribbean vibe to it because you know we're down mm-hmm. here in Miami. My wife's mm-hmm. Puerto Rican. I'm Cuban. We're out of Miami, so we got a Caribbean vibe to it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's not just that. It's it's we carry a lot of stuff. And Very it's also cool. it's it's rotating stock and inventory. So mm-hmm. if you see something there now, six months from now, it might be sold out because we constantly change what we have depending on um, what's in style and what's in the season, and also just what people like. Yeah, if uh, you know, next time I need a, a nice little gift for Lola, I'm gonna hit you guys up. You know, hell yeah, we're <laughs> yeah, we're doing free shipping right now. Yeah, hopefully I get the Hank Strange discount. You know. Hey, we could always do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure. I'll make sure you get the friend discount. There's an extra twenty percent added to you. Right, exactly. That's what I was thinking. That, that's what Walter at Safety Harbor says about the Hank Strange discount. Add forty percent, then take twenty off. 
Yeah. That's what, uh, whenever there's a gun show here locally, that's what one of the stores does, man. They up their prices by like 40%, and then they're like, oh, we're taking 20% off for the, for the gun show. And, and, and that, that's, a, that's a whole load of crap. And, and that's why when you go to a gun show, you need to know what you're looking at. And, and do you mind if I pimp something? I Absolutely. I, actually, Lewis, I wanted to ask you, I'm going to have a table at the West Palm Beach gun show, not this weekend, but next weekend. Do you okay. have like GOA materials you want to share? Yes. Because I'm, I'm happy to throw that out. I, I can get you a box of goodies down to you. Awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will be uh, selling Polymer 80s. Okay. All right. So, so we're actually starting a new program. Um, we have mm-hmm. a hunter outreach program specifically for that. So mm-hmm. we have GOA just does more than than typical gun owner stuff. We have a hunter outreach program. We have our empowered program, which specifically targets women uh, mm-hmm. because the largest growing segment of new shooters are women. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a program just for that. Um, I think we had what's his? Is it what's the name of the guy? Is it Jones? We had the Mark hunter. Jones. Mark Jones, yeah, we had him on the show a couple of yep. weeks ago, I think. And uh, and you know Antonia, she runs Empowered. Antonia. Yes, Antonia. So, Which Antonia just had another baby, right? She had a beautiful baby. Yes, girl, she did, and oh my god, that's yeah. a cute little kid. Yes, um, you know, very cute. Her babies are cute. She's got cute babies. Which is awesome. Congratulations to her. I didn't even realize another baby was coming, but you know, wow. always happy to have the babies here. You know. Hey, as as parents, I I can honestly say this. I look at my daughter and I say, "Thank God she got my my wife's good looks." Because if she got my, looks, <laughs> yeah, she got she got some things from you. She got some things from you. So yeah, know, she she good. she got the pooping and the farting from me. That's what got. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. That's a yeah. Hopefully you had some better attributes to contribute uh, to the genetic makeup there. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that, yeah, that's cool. So just tell the folks out there. So let me get Rich. You, when are you? When are you going to be at that show? And where is it going to be? And then we'll get we'll so get uh, West Palm Beach Fairgrounds, and mm-hmm. that's next weekend. So that's going to be the nineteenth and twentieth of February. So I'll be selling polymerating. So you want a polymerating? You want to there build you your own Glock? Come on down. Awesome. There you go. And then, Lewis, for the for the store, um, let me see if I can pull it up again. Is it only online that people could do this, or Victoria's right, Good Vibes? Right now, it's online. We're mm-hmm. looking eventually to open up a physical storefront in uh, the uh, Brevard County area. Okay. There you go. And there's your beautiful wife and yep. very cute daughter right there in that picture. Thank you. you. Know, she's looking. Is that you taking this picture? And she's looking real skeptical. <laughs> yeah, that's me. She's looking at me, going like, <laughs> when, "When we took that picture, <laughs> it took like five, six tries." And finally, oh. I, had to hold, I was holding her pacifier off, like, oh. right like, and she was looking at me like, "Don't you drop it?" You yeah. Drop oh. it. <laughs> yeah, she has that look on her face, like you do. I'm like. Yeah, I could see that. She's like, you better not. She's half Cuban, half Puerto Rican, so she's 100% feisty. And oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, pacifiers, man. I remember, who was it? Which one of my, oh, my older son, when he was a baby, he had this pacifier, and we lost that thing. I don't know how the hell we lost that. And it, and he, we had a whole bunch of different pacifiers, but he knew this specific one, yep. and that he cried for weeks. 
Oh no! Yeah, we never found that thing again. I don't know where it got lost. We were living in Jersey. Dated. I don't know what happened with it, but we must have dropped it like coming out, you know, car seat coming in out of the car or something. Man, this kid would just go and go, and no pacif, no, no matter how many pacifiers we gave him, uh, he would not be satisfied over that thing. And eventually, oh, no. he had to. Yeah, it was like withdrawals or something, you know. It's it's crazy. I know. I know the pain of what happens if you lose that pacifier. Yep. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, Night Train says, as a parent, I could say, honestly, enjoy your children when they are very young, because when they get older, they turn into monsters. <laughs> oh, oh, dude, I only hear from my daughter when she wants money. I'm like, you need to call me when you don't need money. Oh, okay. So then you don't want to hear from her then. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, no, you need to call me once in a while when you don't need money. Yeah. I, I saw I, I saw a video, you know, where um, uh, a child gets the, the cochlear implants and they listen to their parents' voices the first time. Oh. Mm -hmm. And those videos are heartbreaking. But I read mm -hmm. one of the oh, comments. Yeah. And, one, and someone put in the comments, my kid's not deaf. She's just 13. Yeah, you guys that have girls, man. Um, you know, look, if, if you have boys, there's a stage where that's kind of dangerous, you know, where you kind of worry with boys. But you have girls, and there's that stage, which is a totally like different thing, you know, that you worry about. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's true. Like, when they get to, when my kids were young, man, they loved me. They were awesome, you know, all about their dad. They get older, you know. Mm -hmm. Don't know you unless it's. No, like, they only want the key, the keys to the Audi. You're cool yeah, when you loan them the yeah. keys. Some, you know, something something needs to be fixed. <laughs> something has to get paid for. <laughs> so, well, you know, I mean, mine are relatively good. Mine are good kids. So, speaking of kids and all that, mm -hmm. I know we've all purchased, you know, that first gun for our kids. I'm curious, what are uh, what are some of your fans here, you folks that have kids? What was the first gun you got your kid? Oh, good I'm question. Curious. Yeah, let us know in the chat Ooh. with the first ones. Uh, I'll you got tell you. Can I tell a story I heard yesterday? Mm -hmm. So uh, Jordan Vinro from JSD, uh, they had. I, I'm not sure if this was the Oaks, Pennsylvania. Actually, went to that event. Um, Jordan and I know GOA works with Jordan and all that. Mm -hmm. There was a girl. I, I forget how old the girl was. I, I think she was like 10 years old. Mm -hmm. They bought a P80 kit. She built it, mm. and then they went to the range to shoot it on the cool. same day. Sweet, that's awesome. Yeah, that is very nice. Um, yeah, I think you got to get your kids. I remember my the first guns that I bought specifically for the kids were Red Ryder BB guns. That was the first guns my boys got, just to see if they'd be responsible. Which they shot out windows. They shot each other. They broke every single freaking rule. Immediately. Went through all the rules. I'll be right back in this Yeah. They got punished. <laughs> they got, you know, they got spankings, everything, and they still, you know, they still kept going. And then I would take the guns away from, eventually they got, because I waited until they got responsible, and then I took them to like 22 training and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, but basically, I, there are guns that I buy, and I know I'm going to keep those guns for uh for for my kids um you know there's there's certain guns that i have like some henry's and things like that and of course my bullpup collection at some point when i when i'm building up my bullpup collection and when i kick off the planet then that belongs to those guys oh so, they they have a love of the bullpup also they like guns in general you know um mm -hmm. 
they don't there's no specific thing they just like to see whatever cool stuff i have and shoot it and all that so. i've only seen your boys in one video and that was mm -hmm. shooting the safety harbor 50 yeah i have a lots of video of them shooting but i tended uh, uh you know i didn't put a lot of that stuff out especially when they were younger and in school and all that stuff mm -hmm. um but i don't have any problem like they're older now so i don't have any problem showing them but they've done a lot of shooting they've shot full auto and all that uh when years ago, when Lola and I went to the bullpup convention in Kentucky, the boys went with us. So there's oh cool yeah, and I and I'm pretty sure there's video out there of them shooting full auto and different things. They've gone to different, they've been in different videos that I've done. So I just never like highlighted it, you know. Um, I didn't want to make a big thing about them and what they do, you know. And the same thing with Lola. Mm -hmm. That's really Lola shoots all the time, but. You know, she doesn't necessarily, because of what she does, she doesn't necessarily want to put it out there and have someone. Oh, see, I like things. watching Lola shoot because when she likes it, she has a big smile on her face. Right. Like she's shooting mm -hmm. full auto or she's shooting that crank Gatling gun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She she just has a big laugh and a big smile. I, I just love that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see. What did you get here, Lewis? What you got? What you got? So I still have my first gun. Oh, wow. Uh, 20 gauge single shot Harrington Richardson that uh, H &R. Uh, father got me for okay. Christmas when I was six years old. Mm -hmm. And I still remember the first time I shot it. We went duck hunting. I was about six, seven years old. And I'm, you know, after the hunt, he says, Okay, you know what you're doing? I'm like, Yeah, 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 I know what I'm doing. I've seen you do this a million times. So, you know, I get it, load it, close the action, all that jazz, shoulder it. Mm -hmm. And mind you, I'm six years old, and he's like, okay, now you have to shoulder tight. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Pop it, uh -huh. shoot it, and the hammer goes right across my oh. cheek and knocks Ooh. me square on my butt. And my father has this look on his face like, oh, my God, my son is going to hate guns forever. Mm -hmm. And I just look up at him, and I'm just like, let's do it again. Yeah, there you go. Get right back on the horse. <laughs> I'm like, let's do it again. Like, that was fun. Like, you know, yeah. I don't care. And. You know, my kid is only two years old, but I can't wait for her to shoot her first gun. And I already have it. I have a little single shot Winchester, uh, a pre-68 of all things. So it doesn't have the serial number. You know, I'm starting her off right. I'm starting her off right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, so um, rib, Ribbit, go ahead. Finish finish your thought. So that's what, you know, that's what I got for her. And mm -hmm. I can't wait till she gets to experience that. Yeah, Ribbit666 says mostly rifles in 22LR, 9mm for girls, and oldest boy 556. Um, Armin and Axis says Lola is better shot than Hank, by the way. Laugh out loud. There you go. Uh, women are naturally better, but um, there's a difference between being accidental at something and being deliberate. So, you know, the true professional is deliberate. I'm very deliberate. That's what anyone who's deliberate, that makes you really j dangerous. If you're accidentally dangerous, it's not as good as being deliberate. That's what I would say. So being like uh, a lot of women do have all the natural proclivities to being good shooters. That's true. And they're also probably better listeners and and what? and more coachable, probably. Um, except I always have a tough time coaching Lola in anything. Wait, I, I was going to say you haven't met my wife, but you have. Yeah, anything I say to Lola is, you know, she believes immediately the opposite of that. So, uh, oh, uh, so we'll call that the Lola principle. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, and what I was going to say about my kids, when I got them those Red Rider BB guns, my older son, sh like, so people who look at my videos, they see there's a, what looks like an ambulance on the Hacienda, which is really like a shed that we keep out there that has emergency stuff. And uh, we keep a bunch of things out there. It's kind of like a... And squirrels. Yeah. Well, the reason why is because he shot the window out of that thing. You know, so I made him fix up the window and but obviously, you know, it doesn't last forever. He uses what's that? Um, what's the what's the name of that company that makes that stuff? They're here in Florida and they make the stuff you could patch up like boats, you know, you could put uh, something. Oh, well, um, um, Flex Seal? Flex Seal. Uh, Flex Seal. Yeah. So he got a bunch of Flex Seal stuff and sealed up that window, but it doesn't. Like, I should have done, like, some kind of uh, video about all of that. But it's good. It doesn't last forever. So the last time he was here, he was actually staying with us with his girlfriend. And I was like, yeah, you need to take your butt out there and go fix that window up again. Uh, <laughs> so if you come here if you come here to shoot uh, either Lewis or, or, or uh, Rich, you guys will see that it's fixed up right now. And then we'll see how long it takes before it gets torn down again by the freaking squirrels out there. But those things are no joke. Uh, we're, I mean, we live in nature. Even if you lived, I think, in the city, you have problems. Like, right now, uh, my car is in the shop because something went and chewed up oh. a bunch of wires Damn. in my car. So, uh, yeah. I, I'd lose my mind. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I park outside. I don't have an overhang, and mm -hmm. my car gets covered in pollen and all that. Mm -hmm. But no, no critters are climbing in it that I yeah. know of. Is this, uh, is this, the, oh, this is the wife shooting, huh? This is you and the this wife is, shooting? This is the wife shooting. Uh, this was her attending FPF, uh, FPS training with, um, uh, John Murphy. Oh. He's an oh, excellent firearms instructor. Is that a whole first aid kit? First, oh, aid first aid kit. Okay. First aid kit. Let's see. What's this other good stance? Yeah. So yes. you don't, you, so, so were you doing this training too, or just her? No, I was doing the training too. I decided to okay. do it with a uh, six-inch N-frame Smith and Wesson and three fifty-seven Magnum, just because mm -hmm. I had to be me. <laughs> Everyone else was there with Glocks, and I'm like, I'm going to show up with a highway oh, patrolman from from the damn nineteen sixties. And uh, John and uh, FPF training, they looked at me like, mm -hmm. "Oh my god, mm -hmm. we have this class designed around Glocks, and you're showing up with this." I'm like, "Don't worry, I'll keep up." And I sure as hell did. He was, uh, by the end of it, he was impressed. He's never seen anyone run a revolver and wow. use, and use uh, speed, speed loaders. loaders. Oh, cool. Yeah, so he was like, oh, okay, you actually know your shit. Yeah, I would, say, <laughs> I would say for the guys who know what they're doing with those guns, you don't want to go. It's like people, you know, people don't think a lot about 1911s for personal defense and all that, right? There are folks out there. Until you see a guy who can compete with a 1911, you know, like, and and run that thing like a machine gun and change those mags without you even noticing that they got changed, uh, which I've seen guys do it. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know. So, yeah, it's it's how you use it, you know, use whatever you want to, whatever you feel comfortable with. And if you become accustomed to running that thing, I don't think anyone wants to go up against you. So. And uh, I'm sure you don't want to go up against uh, Lewis. <laughs> in that case either we're going to take a, a i think we're going to take a break here we're going to be right back um there are some pictures that someone sent to me i want to share since uh i've got some stuff here i'll share that with you guys now oh actually yeah we didn't do a break there because i didn't make it i gotta make that thing okay hold on let me see where are those so edward andrews 
sent me some pictures here. And um, so let me see, what is this we're going to look at? So he says, uh, he says, hey, brother, hope all is well with you and yours. My Andrews custom leather finally showed up for this SIG 1911. Uh, he, he said he waited a year and two months. Well worth the wait. And I'm going to share that with you. So um, Andrews custom leather. Um, we've, I've done a lot of videos on the channel. First of all, let's take a look at that, uh, SIG. Very good looking. Edward Andrews Very has nice. some, yeah, he's got some really nice guns, speaking of 1911s. Uh, Olight, there's an Olight on there too, by the way. And if you guys want an Olight, we have a link somewhere that you can get Olights from. So here goes the holster. This looks like, uh, black leather here. Oh, I like the grips on this. It's very nice. And he's, there you go, that's another. So very cool. So he just got that today. So congratulations to him getting his Andrews custom leather. You know, um, do you, are you guys into leather holsters or not? I'm kind of like in the, I've got uh, leather and Kydex. Yeah, I, I got both. Okay, there you go. Leather. Lewis is a leather. I guy. leather. Okay. If, yeah. if it's IWB, I want leather. Okay, just more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, what's this? Uh, oh, this is your thing. Street, uh, Louis Valdez, Street Encounter Skills and Tactics. This yep. is what you used right here? That's what I used. A 6-inch N-frame 357 oh, yeah. Magnum. Ah. Okay. That is old school. <laughs> I didn't think it was... <laughs> Okay, that's badassery, Lewis. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> respect, respect to that out there. Yeah. So if you if if people out there are looking for leather holsters, go to uh, Sam Andrews Andrews Custom Leather. You have to actually like call them up and order those things. There's stuff online. I've got a bunch of videos showing you guys different materials, different things you could do. Uh, Stingray is my favorite. It's great for like a gift, you know, if you, you want to get a gift or something like that. And uh, when you guys call up Sam, you know, just tell him you know me when you call him up. So, so. last mm -hmm. time, I, I don't know if it was last time you had Sam Andrews on, he was making mm -hmm. uh, holsters for another movie. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's got to be crazy demanding. Yeah, he does a lot of um, he does a lot of movies, including uh, he had something that was in a movie that got very infamous recently. <laughs> that was big news. <laughs> I think oh. he just had I think he just had one thing in that situation, but yeah, um, I'm not sure if that's that might be for public consumption. I don't know, but uh, yeah. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. The biggest yeah, gun took me a minute. I... movie thing that you could think of that happened recently. But he does he does a lot of movies, TV shows, stuff like that. Um, I'm supposed to be going and seeing him and doing some videos with him. I have a massive video that I'm editing with Sam Andrew right now, uh, where he's he's making um, this holster. So far, right now, that's a four hour project. Four hour video. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um, I think I, I had to get a, um, I got a new computer and I think I have to switch that whole thing over to the new computer because it's massive. So what I'm going to do is do some shorter videos the next time I go see him because that's like epic. I've done big videos with Sam Andrews, I think, that are hour, hour and a half, maybe even approaching two hours. I don't want that thing to be four hours at all, but it's a it's really good Unless stuff. Unless you break too. it up into four parts. 
Yeah, a lot of, believe it or not, breaking it up is even more difficult. Yeah, yeah. You know, so sometimes it's easy to just put the stuff out there. But he's a he's a master craftsman, and I try to get as much as I can out there just for the future mostly, right? Because having someone like Sam talk to you, the, the, the funny thing for anyone who looks at those videos, I don't know if people realize this, um, Sam plans that out a little bit, but it's pretty much happens the way that you see it being shot. We don't do retakes or anything like that. So he's been doing this so long and is so aware of what he's doing. He does think ahead of time of me coming there and making the video, but I show up, we set up cameras and he starts talking. <laughs> and I, I guess what I think is amazing is as hot as it gets in, he's in St. Augustine, right? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In St. Augustine, he's got no air conditioning running in the shop. Well, they can't really run it because of all the chemicals. So they do have yeah. vents and fans, but he typically, the best way to vent all those different chemicals that are being used is just open the door. I mean, a AC would mess you up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the glues are pretty strong, you know, and um, the other, like, the leather treatments and stuff like that. Yeah, you, it's not really conducive to having an AC. So there's fan, they have fans and they have vents, vent fans and things like that there. But typically they open up a garage door, um, you know, and that's how we do it. 42 Chills I'm says it's great holsters. I'm betting he's enjoying this time of year. Um, yes, I'm pretty sure. Where it's not crazy hot. Yeah. And if I can go to Instagram, let's see here. If I can go to Instagram, I can show you guys some of his stuff. He's uh, Andrew's Custom Leather. I'll just pull that up here real quick. So you all could see what kind of stuff that he's doing here. Um, so check that out. Oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah, uh, you know, I told you, I'm mm -hmm. going to have to get something for a barbecue gun. Mm -hmm. When we get our, when we get constitutional carry passed in Florida. I need oh, something yeah. Something yeah, Sam does great stuff, man. Um, he does a lot of the whole... If you ever look at Cabot Guns, he does a lot of the stuff at Cabot Guns. He also has leather that you can... He, you can do grips of your 1911. So that right there is grips that he made on that 1911. Um, yeah. So this is actually him shooting here on the Hacienda. Uh, this is his broom handle. Is that a C96 measure? Yep. And he's, that is, he's that doing that on the Hacienda. And he makes, look, that's a hat he makes right there too. It's a gator on the hat. <laughs> um... But yeah, this is, well, oh, I think this was a gun show or something that they must have done in somewhere here in Florida. So yeah, if you want to check out all the different options and things that you can do, you know, you can check that out. Andrew's Custom Leather, look look for my videos. He's got a lot of really nice stuff. And yes, he's done a lot of movies um, that you guys have seen out there, especially those uh, cowboy movies that are out there nowadays. A lot of those that you see, even the TV shows, he's done a lot of the holsters in there, so... Did anyone have any other Gorn that you guys wanted to show here? Hmm. What what other what other guns have you bought? Any? Well, I was yeah, wondering if you could bring back up. Mm -hmm. If you could bring back up that that alert I sent you. Oh so right. Go over that yes, again. absolutely. Let's do that. Hold on. I'll go back here. Uh, uh, here we go. So I'll go full screen with this so that we could put it up here. Yeah. Boom. So this was a this was a national alert we sent out. Mm -hmm. And again, if you don't live in Florida, you could actually carry a lot of weight in Florida to get constitutional carry passed. 
call Governor DeSantis and email him and tell him that if you that if constitutional carry was to pass in Florida, you would visit Florida more often or you would even move here. Mm-hmm. Because, again, only 36 percent of Floridians are born in Florida. We are the most populated. We are the most growing state. If you look at the uh, United Van Lines and Atlas and all of the moving companies, they always mm-hmm. send out a report every year. And the mass migration coming to Florida is immense. If you guys call the governor and make it an issue, because remember, he wants to run in 2024 for the White House. Yeah. He will be judged on his Second Amendment stance. If you make it an issue for him, he will push constitutional carry to the legislature. Absolutely. Again, guys outside of Florida can have a, can help us get that here. Yes. I totally agree with that. If people want to get that online, how do they do it? Uh, just one more um, time, remind the folks. If they they can to... just go to gunowners.org. It's right now on our home pa- on our uh, homepage as a national alert. But on top of that, if they're on our subscription list and they're a member, they will get that as an email alert. They will get mm-hmm. that specifically from me because I am the, I'm the st- I'm the guy that wrote it. I'm the state director, mm-hmm. and. When I send out these alerts, we send them out to state. If you're in Florida, I send out Florida specific alerts. And if you're okay. a GOA That's member, what I get. Alerts. Mm-hmm. we sent that out as a national alert mm-hmm. to all of our members because we understand. And I mean this. Our national motto is e pluribus unum, out of many one. I'm just one guy in Florida. I can't do it by myself. But with all of you, we could get this done. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I, I would say that. I know we said this already, so we're just echoing it now. But you really have to pay attention. You have to be careful. You have to don't think that it's good enough to just elect Republicans, elect conservatives, or even you know I I don't want to get crazy into it because I know GOA as a practice stays away from that. But even there's organizations that you might think are pro uh, a pro gun here in Florida, and they don't necessarily <laughs> hold up to that. That's me saying it. Don't you know. Uh, don't put that on anyone else. That's me, Hank Strange, saying that, that there are organizations here that you would think that those people are pro-Second Amendment. They aren't necessarily. They All of those people that I mentioned need the, to feel the pressure. The organizations, the uh, politicians as well. So, um, Yeah, you, people have to hold other the, their officials' feet to the fire. And look, I say this as the GOA state director. If I'm doing bad... I want you guys to put pressure on me so I do better. Because, again, I don't represent gun owners. I, I simply amplify your voices. And if I'm doing a bad job, I need to know about it. Mm-hmm. I think you're don't doing a great say, job, Don't just say, oh, man. well, you know, it's going to – no. Yeah. Treat, treat me as if I was an elected official. Hold mm-hmm. my feet to the fire and make sure I do my job right so I could put our, the pressure on our lawmakers. But you guys could do that individually. You guys could put that direct pressure – on our lawmakers too. hold their feet to the fire. You see a law, you see a state rep or a state senator in public, go up to them and just flat out say constitutional carry. Yes or no. Put them on the spot. Governor DeSantis is at any speaking engagement. Be polite, be civil, but put them on the spot. Just say, hey, if, you know, if he's there, any questions from the crowd? Hey, I got one constitutional carry. Where is it? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that, that's what you do. Yeah, we need make it to it make an issue. We need it to make news. Um, you know, I, I try to post about this um, all the time on social media. <laughs> 
It's probably one of the reasons why I get severely shadow banned on the social medias out there, you know, but I try to put, cause we need to, we need to do something to make these guys aware of it. Right. Um, I could spend a lot of time just showing my beautiful gun collection or any of the other awesome things that I have, but I, you know, I try to do that as much as I can because we really do need these guys to feel the pressure. And what people could do is share that, repost it, um, you know, you could probably, I'll, I'll, I'll let Lewis get into in a second here, tell you all how you can follow him on social media. I know that Flying Rich does this as well. Um, there's a lot of good stuff going on. You could follow GOA and any other organization that you like on social media. Um, we've got a question here from, um, Armament and Axes. He gave me five bucks. He says, is Lewis relation related to, uh, Juan Valdez, the coffee commercial guy, laugh out loud, who remembers that? So, um, I remember that and, um, no, I'm not related to him, but here's an even stranger fact. I am a mm -hmm. Cuban American mm -hmm. and I don't drink coffee daily. Oh, wow. Okay. And, um, that, even I drink coffee now. I never drank coffee before, but now I drink coffee every single day. I stopped drinking coffee when I stopped working the midnight shift as a cop. Uh, um, and since mm -hmm. then I haven't touched the stuff. I only mm -hmm. have it when I put rum in it on special... <laughs> nice but nice. as an everyday drink i stopped drinking coffee yeah in the chat here you guys will find a link to blackout coffee that's right you know go look for that so it's all Lewis, no cortaditos none yeah. of that it's all the it's all the yeah man no, no cortadito no coladas my wife looks at me strange because oh, she drinks like a gallon of coffee a day and every day <laughs> i go before her yeah. But then again, she looks at me and she says, you're the only Cuban that listens to country and rock and roll, can't dance with <laughs> it, and doesn't drink coffee. What's wrong? No, I actually, Lola got me into coffee, and uh, that's why there's a link out there for Blackout Coffee. You guys should check it out. If you if Blackout Coffee slash Hank, you can uh, use the 10% off code. And I do, and, and you know what? I like hot chocolate. That's typically what I always did. They have like a strong hot chocolate. My favorite thing How is, is that? It's their chocolate is awesome, man. It's like real okay. chocolate, and I mix that with the coffee. That's what I do. Um, but mix it with Bacardi. Just mix it Bac with Bacardi. And Bacardi. Yeah. Okay, mm. I'm gonna try that. I like where Lewis is going. Yeah, Hank doesn't like drink. It. Yeah, I'm not. You know what? Yeah, I'm a lightweight when it comes to drinking. If you do, if you <laughs> for me, the, the way I do coffee now is I'll get a I'll get a Cuban coffee. I'll mm -hmm. mix it with either Bailey's or Kahlua, or I'll do a Bacardi coconut rum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When I used to spend some time, uh, I used to spend some time in uh, South Beach. I used to go to Calle Ocho mm -hmm. and get the, you know, Cuban coffee. That stuff is pretty yep. strong. Yeah. There's a reason why we serve it in little tiny glasses, man. A little tiny yeah. shot cup. <laughs> For real. Yeah. And what's weird, like I could tell if coffee, because like regular coffee just makes me go to sleep. But a good coffee keeps me awake. Like that Cuban coffee, man. It's, and what is that like? I think the Cuban coffee is mixed with, um, is it condensed milk that's in there? Yeah, it's it's a condensed or evaporated milk most of the time. That's, yeah. Um, yeah. So it, Cuban coffee is done like an espresso, you know, it goes to mm -hmm. that fancy steam machine and all that. But mm -hmm. it's just really high octane, high caffeinated coffee with um, condensed milk and a crap ton of sugar. It's, right. <laughs> it's like, it, I, I, I don't know. What, yeah, that that was before I, Red Bulls. <laughs> I grew up on the stuff, and the reason right. why I stopped drinking it is kidney stones because I would drink that stuff constantly. Oh, I would look at midnight shifts as a cop, and 
Oh. I developed kidney stones, and my doctor was like, no, it's caffeine that's doing it. And I'm like, oh. Mm. So, it wasn't wow. a donut. No, it wasn't the donut. <laughs> it, wasn't the it wasn't the fried food. It was the coffee. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's right. The doctor told me. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, and by the way, Juan Valdez is at Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> From my understanding, Juan Valdez right. was in Colombia, uh, and what was that? That was and also he spells his last name with a Z, not an with S. a Z. Yeah, there you go, there you go. But yes, I do remember those uh, commercials. That was what, the now. 80s. What coffee company was that? Um, wasn't that? Oh my god! Uh, I could see it. I could see the label. It's got like the Colombian yeah. mountains in the background. Yeah, wasn't he, it Colombia? He's, uh, he's riding coffee? on the little. He, he's riding on a little mule. He has yeah, wasn't the, that uh, Colombian coffee? Wasn't that like just coffee oh, from Colombia? Hold on, let me look. There's Juan Valdez Coffee Store, Inter- but I don't think that's it. Yeah, it, it used to be Juan Valdez International Coffee Guy. That was the slogan. Yeah, that's it was. It was for. Hold on a second. Um, but it's. I see coffee now branded, and I yeah, see cafe, his picture. It, but it's for. So right here, yeah. If you Google it, it's for Colombia. It, I think that was a commercial for Colombia. See, oh, so Juan it's Valdez, Cafe de Colombia. Okay. Yeah, Juan Valdez is a fictional character who has appeared in advertisements for the National Federation of Coffee Growers of Colombia since uh, 1958, representing a Colombian coffee farmer. Um, but there's lots of uh, there's lots of other places that uh, coffee comes from as well as Colombia. So, for example, where Lola's from Ghana. And Ghana is uh, very much known for coffee as well as cocoa and gold, obviously. Hmm. Um, and I, I was born in Guyana in South America, and that's very known for gold. Like that, like the the gold from Guyana is not it's it's a darker. It's not really yellow. It's almost like a darker kind of brownish. Um, really? Yeah. If you look at that gold, I think it's considered eighteen carat, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't know. No, they're, they're they're known for their their quality of gold. Since we've yeah. gotten into the jewelry business, we've been looking at it, and the stuff that comes out of there is amazing. I would love so. to get some Ghanese. I do have a, like a small ring that I had that I think came from one of my grandparents. Some kind of gold they had, and then uh, my parents made like little rings for us. And mine, I still oh, have wow. mine. I think my brother swallowed theirs or something. Ooh. <laughs> so, so, so this came from Brazil. So this oh, okay. is all gold here. Yeah. So is the is the gold from? I know I know we might be running a little late here, but uh, this you know you you're reminding me of something. Here. Is the is the Guyanese gold more expensive? I'm assuming from it is. what I, from what I've seen, gold pretty right now. Gold's just it's crazy up. expensive, but yeah, um, it's well, it's the quality of the Guyanese gold that it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be refined or smelted as mm-hmm. much or. Something about that. And also that it's a little darker in color. Mm-hmm. They could do different things with it. So when um, you see rings that have multi bands of gold and it's a different shade, that's how they do it. So they'll get like regular stuff and then they get the Guyanese gold. And, you know, they make it look nicer. Yeah. And I actually have some of my uh, uncles. Uh, one of my uncles specifically has a bunch of gold mines and diamond mines in Guyana, but uh, he lives in the Bronx. <laughs> so that'll give you. <laughs> That'll give you an idea of what's going on with that. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying he's suffering, but uh, he actually lives in the Bronx and he's a preacher. Yeah. Um, I saw him at my mom's uh, memorial the last time I saw him. So, yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing happening there. China is buying up all the uh, natural resources of lots of countries 
including in Guyana. So, um, all right. So listen, what I'm going to do here, we're at the end of the show. I, I you know, I want to definitely thank Flying Rich as well as Luis Valdez of GOA for coming in. I'm going to give these guys a chance to tell you all how you can communicate with them, uh, follow them on social media. I'm going to start with my friend Lewis. Uh, tell the folks out there how they can get in contact with you as well if they need to do that. So the best way to get in contact with me is um, you could either go straight through GOA, go to gunowners.org slash join. Again, you join GOA and you get on our email list. Um, I'm also on Facebook. So you can just look me up, Luis Valdez. Uh, GOA has a, a specific Florida group, uh, Gun Owners of America slash Florida. So you could look me up on that. That's a good way to get in contact with me. Um, if you want to email me again, you could just, uh, email me directly through GOA. Um, so that's not an issue. Again, just go to gunowners.org and you could get my contact information from there. Um, and if, and completely different, but if again, Victoria's good vibes, that's our family business and it's just victoriasgvb.com. Yeah, absolutely here. I will throw it up here on the screen again for folks so they can see it. Uh, that's what it, that's what the website looks like, right? Yeah, um, that's the is, website. Is it on Facebook and Instagram, or is it just? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we have we have a store on Facebook and all that too. Yeah, if you tag me on Facebook or something, I'll I'll repost that. Um, so, Flying Rich, same question so goes you, to you here. Yep. Yeah. So you you can find me on YouTube.com/slash Flying Rich on Instagram. It's Flying Rich underscore official in FlyingRich.com and if you find me at the West Palm Beach Gun Show, where I'll be selling polymerates, I may give you a patch. Okay, very awesome. And uh, hold on a second here. I think we're getting Rob McNeely coming in here for a second. So breaking if, in. Yeah, if you guys have time, let's give Rob a, a chance here yeah. to tell us exactly what went on with, uh, you know, with, with the uh, the GOA. Um, Tusk situation. Let, let, let Rob know. Need I need to get paid for my camera operation? Oh, <laughs> dude, you already were paid. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I know. I yeah. I, I Rob, bought you something. I'm pretty sure you. I bought you something. I got a T-shirt. Say thank you again. Yeah. But I thought I bought you something else, dude. Didn't I buy you something? You bought lunch. Yeah. Let's forget See? about flying rich for a second here. We're here to talk about GOA. <laughs> and Tusk, Rob. So tell us, we've got, we've got, obviously we've got Flying Rich here, but we also have Luis Valdez of, uh, you know, he's the Florida State Director for GOA. So no. I know some stuff happened with you today in relation to GOA. You want to tell folks about that? Oh, all I know is this: is shortly after um, I posted the the GOA um, press release which we've been waiting on and so excited and proud to be a partner with GOA now. Um, all of a sudden the Tusk network and several other Twitter accounts got banned. No warning. Wow. Mm -hmm. And the, and it says um, we violated community standards, community standards um, for using accounts to amplify or suppress something. Okay, in some I mean, nefarious way. I've never heard of this. Now, here's the interesting thing. So my 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 wife and I jointly, <clears throat> we have like six or seven Twitter accounts, but they're all legitimate. Mm -hmm. And they banned accounts. So they banned the, the, the Tusk official. 
um, that has about 12,000 followers on it. They banned oh. the crappy the crappy art, which is our NFT project that has about 1,200 followers on it. Mm-hmm. Um, they banned our off-chain dot events, which are off-chain, which is the prepping crypto conference we organize. Mm-hmm. Um, and they banned Ready Rhino, which is the Twitter account for our block producer on the Tusk network. Now, here's the interesting thing. We haven't used the Ready Rhino or the off-chain event in months. No tweets at all. So you didn't post and anything. So, yeah, I know no. on, on a few of the other accounts you post stuff. And, yeah, I mean, so, it's all so, legitimate stuff of what you guys are doing. Uh, there's no arguments, no anything. We're not mm. pimping anything weird. And in fact, if you look at the, the – if well, you can't look at it now. But the Tusk Twitter account, we just post basic project updates. Mm-hmm. We don't so, debate on there. We, <clears throat> Gone. Rob, did All you post like on your Rob McNeely actual and Tusk actual the same content? Oh, well, it's just Rob McNeely. Yeah, we put, po- well, we retweet it. We didn't post them with duplicate posts. We would, would generally never do that. We would only retweet um, content from one of the other accounts, which weird. They didn't take down my, my main account and they didn't take my wife's account down. But they t- it, what it looks like is we tripped some algorithm or somebody tagged something. And it took down a bunch of them that all had a similar email how address. Co- how come this only happens when you do the GOA thing? That's what I'm saying. You know, there's you know other what? things. You, and you're very active on, on, on Twitter. You have got a big personal Twitter account, don't you? Yeah, 360,000 followers. And I've been on Twitter Ooh. from almost the beginning. So my Twitter account, oh, let's see, I'm looking at it right now. I joined in November of 2007. Mm. I've been, mm. And I've never had a suspended account in my life. Mm-hmm. I've always been a good Twitter person. I, I mean, I've debated people and argued politics, but mm-hmm. even now I, I generally don't argue with people anymore. I just kind of focus on crypto and stuff. So we appealed it. We tried to appeal all those accounts and now it's black hole because you can't actually talk to people in Twitter. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry to, that, to hear that, man. I mean, it sucks and it especially sucks since, you know, I think, that what you and GOA were doing is a good thing. I think I think Lewis wanted to tell you something about that, right, Lewis? Yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, first and foremost, thank you for the donation you made to GOA and the partnership. Um, and for folks that don't know, you know, th- this has been going on uh, for a little while behind the scenes, and I was not part of that uh, negotiations, but I was privy to the information. And for Tusk to put themselves on the line to support us shows where they stand as an organization and where they and what they truly believe in liberty and freedom. Because, look, cryptocurrency, it's not a GOA thing, but it is because it's freedom. The mm-hmm. Second Amendment mm-hmm. is tied to the First Amendment, it's tied to the Fourth Amendment. It's tied to the, you know, liberty and freedom is this interconnected web. And for you to be shadow banned, for them to do what they did to you just because – you are supporting a pro-civil rights organization is draconian. It's despotic. It, it, you know, they wouldn't have an issue if you if there was a press release saying that Tusk donated money to BLM or to uh, the Democratic Socialists of America, but they label us as if we're some subversive organization, even though all we're promoting is literally advancing for American civil rights. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Gun Owners of America is a civil rights organization. Am I am I incorrect on that? No, you're completely inc- you're completely correct. I mean, 
When I go before lawmakers, I flat out bring case law in Florida that says gun control was passed specifically to disarm uh, uh, Fl- black Floridians. Mm-hmm. That's a civil rights issue. Mm-hmm. But you have Twitter banning Tusk from posting that now. And that's how hey. some, somehow that's subversive. All I can say is I'm not going down the conspiracy bandwagon yet. Mm-hmm. All I can say is the timing is awfully coincidental. You've never and, had anything and, like this in the past, right? No. I mean, I, I follow and, and, you and, on, on Twitter. You, nothing like this has ever happened before. And, and the and even the Tusk, it was the Tusk Network, at Tusk Network. And that account's been up almost four years, and we've never had a problem with it. Because mm-hmm. that account, we I mean, like on my own personal account, I might be a little more obnoxious at times um though i've tried to be a lot nicer lately because i'm trying to represent the project more and but even on my personal one that's the only account that i've ever been difficult on you know or even argumentative at all but never been had a problem yeah didn't you when you guys put up the nft right didn't you use these accounts and put up the NFT and all that? And it was okay. Cause yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I remember. I re- the, the weird, the weird thing about this is it's mm-hmm. not like, Oh, you, you were harassing somebody or called someone the N word or, mm-hmm. you know, something ridiculous and straightforward. Right. Like mm-hmm. I can understand if we were jerks like that, mm-hmm. it's like you're it, the, 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 there's my NFT, people. by the way, there's my NFT. Um, and uh, That's, this it, is the it, NFT you guys put up. This was okay. I mean, but for some reason you do this thing on on GOA and it's a problem. I know, I know you you don't want to go down that conspiracy thing, but it's kind of weird, right? All I'm saying is they didn't just take one out; they mm-hmm. took a bunch of accounts out and accounts that we hadn't used mm-hmm. in some time. And that's the thing that got me a little like. Um, yeah. All right. So here's, I'll read, I'll read this to you. So it said crappy art and all I did on crappy art was retweet. And by the way, that's a legitimate project. Like we have mm-hmm. our own socials, our own website, like, mm-hmm. and, and my email address is Rob. And here's the interesting, you know, now that I think about this is weird because r- the crappy art, now I think about it, they're not even the same emails. No, you can't use the same email for Twitter. Right. Yeah. Because the, so that's, this is interesting how they, so the question is, how did they ban a bunch of accounts we haven't used that aren't even associated with the same emails? But it said here, violating our rules against platform manipulation and spam. You may not use Twitter services in a manner intended to artificially amplify or suppress information or engage in behavior that manipulates or disrupts people's experience on Twitter. I can note if you attempt to evade permanent suspension by creating new accounts, we will suspend your new accounts. If you wish to appeal the suspension, do this. So, I mean, just straight up banned and and not even a warning. And they took out five accounts. Rob, (laughs) I can tell you, I haven't had this problem with GOA and Twitter, but I've had a problem where if people come on from GOA, uh, when I was on YouTube, it would, they, sometimes YouTube just straight up deleted the videos or did things to censor the videos just because we put GOA in the title. You know, oh, that's, um, that's happened with Antonia. It's happened with multiple people. What's the name of the gentleman from GOA in California? Um, oh, um, um, Sam? Yeah. Yeah, Sam, Sam Paredes. 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 Yeah, it happened multiple times when Sam came on, you know? So there's something out there on the social media sphere or whatever that if GOA comes across their things, they pay a special attention to that. And I think this, you know, I, I don't have any proof of what I'm saying. Right. But I know that I've experienced it happening already. 
Well, the thing is, dude, I even wrote a book about Twitter a long time ago, like an ebook. So it's like it's not like I haven't been like a very active person on the pl- on, on the platform for <clears throat> for a considerable amount of time now. And so that's what's really kind of frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't ban my personal account, which I was pushing a lot. And so this is what doesn't make sense. Dude, I retweet c- content constantly mm-hmm. from my accounts, but I retweet everybody else's content, too. And so that's what's bizarre to me. It's you not probably like got it's... a lot of retweets on that, though. I'm pretty sure I re- I retweeted it somewhere, and probably so did other people. And that brings it on the radar. That's just the yeah. you know. I mean, it's just one of those things. And if they've got a thing for GOA, and obviously they're scared of GOA. I mean, we've seen that already in the past here. That there's a pro. You know, the, what what I wonder, what mm-hmm. I can only wonder, did somebody report it? Because usually that often happens where if you can get away with a lot of shit and then, you know, if someone decides to report your thing, then you're the one they're going to slam, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't know. It's it's frustrating. And I'm more frustrated because like the, the Tusk account, that was hard to build because that's a legitimate project mm-hmm. account. Those are all legitimate followers. We never bought followers. Those are people that genuinely, you know, wanted to follow the project. That's the one that bothers me the most. Because that's like, you know, that just sucks. And now it's like. Hopefully you get it back, man. It does suck. Um, And we're kind of at the tail end here. So I'm not trying to rush you, but I'm glad that you did come on. So we can get it. So we can get it up. What are the, do you have alternates on other platforms that you want to tell folks about that maybe they can uh, find right now? If they want to. We, 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 um, I try to stiff. We're on all the platforms, including mines. So we have a group Mm -hmm. on mines. Uh, minds.com yeah. uh, just uh, do a search for tusk on minds.com we yeah, also have I, I, tusk right now on there i know i'm following uh right is it this, i think you're following is it tusk merch no that's a different uh that's 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 a community members uh, yeah. account are you on but getter i am not on getter okay. um but uh, I'm trying. I'm tr- honestly, I'm trying to stay away from centralized platforms as much mm-hmm. as possible, even if they're mm-hmm. right wing. Um, but Getter has I, a, Getter I, has a bunch of rules too, man. To be honest yep, with you, yep, uh, dude. Well, I did a so I did a, a real quick. I did an article right about mm-hmm. the Canadian truckers the other day, mm-hmm. and interestingly enough, everybody's like, "Oh, check out Give Send Go," and and I did an article, and I, I and I mean because it's like quote unquote right wing GoFundMe. And I went into their terms of service, and they're like, "Yeah, we can shut your account down anytime we want for any reason. Yeah, we can keep the we can keep your money. I mean, it's just it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's still another. It's you know, I look at it like this: any platform that has a kill switch, just assume if it has a kill switch, they're going to use it. Mm-hmm. And and it and maybe they don't intend to use it, but maybe they're forced to use it. And so that's what I like to tell people: is like we need to be looking at blockchain. We need to look at decentralized things." not more right-wing versions of left-wing things that are still centralized. And this is where a lot of conservatives, I'll argue with them, if you're just trying to go to Getter and some of these other right-wing platforms that are also centralized, you're not doing anybody any favors. In fact, I think it's more harmful than good. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I believe Getter is the one that's associated with, with Trump, right? I believe that it is. I know that I think uh, I was talking to John Crump. He said that you can't say anything bad about Trump on there. There's a whole bunch of things. Uh, I don't know if um, I don't know if Flying Rich is aware of that or not. So, yeah. Yeah. You're muted, Rich. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
so listen, here's what, since we are at the tail end, I did want to let people know this. I do appreciate you coming on and talking about it. Uh, it really does suck, but um, it's a good thing that Tusk did, and I like to see Tusk and GOA working together. And, um, you know, I think it's a, a great step forward. And, um, you know, at least we, we got that, right? <laughs> you know, we could build off of that, and I'm, I'm happy for that. And, and so this means... Uh, with the relationship with GOA and Tusk, does this mean that people who have Tusk can donate to GOA using Tusk? Well, or is that I was going to just, uh, yeah, that's coming. Um, mm -hmm. So, so what we tell people, this is an endowment. So the mm -hmm. idea is that this will hopefully grow over time. But the we've been in talks with GOA for about a year now. This has been a long time coming. Um, so the idea is that they're going to be setting up a payment gateway to allow for donations in Tusk. Um, and we're just working with their tech team to get that done. Mm -hmm. And they're also interested in setting up their own block producer node on the Tusk network as well. So they'll also be able to make some revenue that way as well. So <clears throat> this is going to be a pretty tight relationship between the projects. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm real excited about it. And we're going to be bringing on more projects from the or more you know, groups from the industry to help support our network. And we hope that over time it gives a, a more sustainable method of funding that can't be shut down like GoFundMe. Okay, absolutely. Yes. Um, all right. So listen, I like I said, I appreciate you coming on. Rob, if you want to, you can tell the folks if they want to reach out to you where to do it. And then I'll wrap up because I'm sure that Lewis has stuff to do so, as well as Flying Rich. Um, so if the cool. folks want to reach out to you, how can they do that? You can find me on Twitter at, at Rob McNeely, at least for now. And then, uh, but you can just, uh, just Google Rob McNeely. Um, you can find me on my website or anywhere else. I'm easy to get a hold of. Okay, cool. Here's what I'm going to do, guys. I'm going to run in the end. That's traditional here. And then we'll come back. I'm going to nominate Luis Valdez to leave us with the words of wisdom as we get out of here tonight. Um, but I'm going to run in the end. Like I said, there's no show for the rest of this week. If you guys want to see me, I'm going to be in Orlando at Hamcation in Orlando. It's I think On a it's, rascal. Yeah, if I, can, if I can do it, I will absolutely be riding around on one of those. It's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I think. Or No, it's I think it's, it's what like uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, something like that. I'll be at Hamcation. Look it up. Google it, and then you can find me. That's for Ham Radio. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my... Uh, I'm going to get my technician's license. So that's what Lola and I will be up to. That being said, uh, cool. I'm going to run in the end and we'll be right back. And Luis Valdez is going to give us some words of wisdom. All right, guys, thanks so much for joining us, hanging out here. We're going to rip the audio out of this, throw it up on iTunes, Podbean, wherever else you listen to your audio podcast. Uh, we're on Audible, all kinds of places. You guys can find us on there. Um, you know, just uh, look up your favorite place. You can also just go to HankStrange.com and find the podcast itself. All right. Uh, Lewis, words of wisdom. In the end, everything results or relies on you, the individual. You could have every organization. You could have every lobbyist. You could have every politician. You hold the ultimate power. You have to hold these people's feet to the fire. Our founding fathers simply, you know, one of the one of the mottos they said was "simper vigilance," always vigilant, always ready, always watching. Hold our elected feet to the fire. Put them on the spot. If you want constitutional carry to pass in Florida, make it an issue. Put them on the spot. Confront them politely and in a civil manner, but be assertive and flat out say, "I want constitutional carry. Where is it?" 
do this with the members of the House, the Senate, and Governor DeSantis. Absolutely. Lewis, thanks for everything you do. Thanks for coming on Flying Rich. Thanks also to Rob McNeely. We're out of here, guys. We'll see you. You guys stay right here. We are out of here. I got to make sure I press the buttons correctly. Let me do it. Pressing the buttons.